In a world where geek is now chic, what was once deemed nerdy or geeky has become fashionable. What used to be odd and different is now part of mainstream culture. The way we consume our entertainment has changed with the advent of new and meaningful technology. Comic books are no longer stories just for kids. They've become all-age entertainment with mature subject matter, rivaling the depth of the very best novelists. They've become a driving force behind a large portion of American entertainment. Costuming has gone from being a small but loyal subculture to a highly visible art form thanks to science fiction and comic book conventions that celebrate cosplay and fandom. Thanks to Marvel, DC, Star Wars, Star Trek, and many others, the movie landscape has changed forever. Through Doctor Who, Game of Thrones, The Walking Dead, and more, once genre shows are now mainstream rating giant. We are a podcast that looks at the comic book culture. We are a podcast that talks about the cosplay community. We are a podcast that can't help but dissect the movies and shows we watch. We are. We are. We are. The Galaxy Cast. Folks, welcome to this episode of the Galaxy Cast. I have with me three people in the studio tonight. I have with me Eric, the artist. I am one of the Knights of Stimpy. I have, yes, yes, you are. <laughs> I have with me Gary the Stud. I think it's me. And I am Bob Christman, your semi-host. Tonight we have several things we're going to talk with you about. We're going to talk about Peter Mayhew, a big story there. We're going to talk to you about the Vanity Fair issue of The Rise of Skywalker. We're going to cover Avengers Endgame, because, yeah, that's right, we haven't covered that yet, and, well, we had to wait for the spoiler time to go by. It's done. It's time to talk. Uh, we're going to talk about that, and then we're going to take a break and come back and talk about Star Wars Resistance and one of the latest episodes of Star Wars Resistance. Latest for us, anyway. Right. So, uh, it is with a very, a very heavy heart that I have to report that uh, on April 30th, that Peter Mayhew passed away in North Texas. That has me very sad. I I'll admit, I, I took a moment and kind of wept <laughs> at the passing of Peter. And I I'll tell you why I wept. I Peter is such a cool guy. The things he did for costumers and cosplayers and Star Wars fans and just people in general, I, I can't even begin to explain to people... Uh, he made my family feel like part of his family, and every time I was there, I felt like I was part of it. And Angie, the same way. She always made my kids and I feel like we were family around her, and I, I can't say enough about the Mayhew family. I, I, I know Gary, I know you have been around them quite a bit, too, yeah. and I'm sure you felt the same way. I don't know if you have any thoughts on Peter passing. and They definitely broke the mold with him. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'll agree with you on that one. There, there's never going to be another Peter Mayhew, and I, I can't begin to describe that to people. And if you knew Peter, you know exactly what we're talking about. Uh, you know, I always said that his heart matched his size. You know, he was such a big guy, but his heart was so big too. And and 
you know, I, I can't say it enough for people who are like, what do I do with this? Like, how do I how do I wrap my head around this? What do I do about it? Um, and I, I, I have been preaching it to the choir and everybody I can think of. Um, I've been telling everybody, you know, go out and give to Peter's foundation. He has the Peter Mayhew Foundation. And if, if you really want to honor Peter Mayhew and you really want to make a big deal about it, he, he put, started a foundation just before he passed away. There was like an every, it was kind of a coverall. Um, it was for kids. It was for families struggling. It was for kind of a make-a-wish kind of moment. He really just wanted to help humanity in general. And, and I loved the fact that his foundation wanted to do whatever it had to do to help people. And I just thought that was such a cool thing, you know. And, you know, and, and I, that's Peter. That's that's who he was. It was an exemplar of who he was. And so if, you, if you're feeling compelled to do something, and I, I totally get it, uh, I, I suggest, you know, can giving to the Peter Mayhew Foundation and, and giving back in that way. Yeah. Uh, Eric, I don't know if you ever had a chance to meet the family or, or, or any I of met that. him and his wife once at a convention. Okay. Um, it was long before I met you guys. Mm-hmm. I was doing chalk art at the show. Um, I think he got to see it or he mentioned, oh, you're that guy, you know, who's doing that over there. He probably saw it in passing. Right. <clears throat> but I think it was an old Wizard World show. So we're talking a ways back. I haven't, wow. done, a, I haven't done a Wizard show since 2009. Yeah. So you're talking like 10, 11 years ago that I, I may have met him briefly. Um, and it was just long enough to say hi to him and tell him how much I appreciated <clears throat> his work, uh, you know, what he'd done and all. So it was, uh, it's, he was he seemed like a really nice guy. And I, I have to go off all the other stories I hear from other people and uh, from everything I hear. You know, it's a it's a big loss, and now we're you know we've lost Carrie and him, and we lost Kenny Baker, and um, yeah, it's starting you know, to get real. You know what I mean? It's, like it's it's. I mean, they're all they're all getting up there in age, you right. know, and it's going to happen. We're gonna we're gonna lose a lot of those people. And I said it was going to be really difficult when we started losing some of the main cast members. So mm-hmm. losing Leia was Huge. a shot, you yeah. know, and and now now losing Chewie is kind of like a bigger hit to the heart, and I'm just like. You know, and, and Kenny, and I get Kenny, you know, was in R2, but it's hard to associate him with R2, even though we know he was in, I don't know, I just, I had a hard time, like, making right, that association. Right. And I didn't meet, I, I gotta be honest, I didn't meet Kenny as much as I met Peter, and I, I met some of these other guys, and, and so to have that, it, um, it just puts things in perspective a little bit, you know, you kind of forget that these guys are mortal, and, yeah. and you know, there's uh, there's a time, and, you know, we've, we've talked, Gary, about Jeremy Bullock's not looking great. Right, um, right. The last time we saw him, and I'm I'm worried he's not too far away from some of these issues. And and um, we've all seen Lando. Um, I love Billy D, but he's not looking great either lately. You know, so to see him in the next movie is kind of cool. Yeah. But I worry. You know, it's we're we're getting to that point. And what know. about John Williams? John Williams is the one I'm like. We still haven't heard anything about right. what's going on with him. And very quiet. It's been very quiet. Although he's there, con- he is confirmed for the next movie, yeah. the soundtrack's still moving forward. But I have heard from musicians in the studio, he is very limited in mobility. Mm. So when he's conducting, it looks like, at least according to some of the musicians in the studio, like he's in pain while he's conducting and that's kind of a shame because that's his thing you know that's his mojo when you yeah, take that away it, it kind of diminishes you know his capacity and things and uh it's a shame but i mean like he's 86 years old i mean and the guys wouldn't have any grammys in his lifetime I mean, oh my gosh the guy's got more grammys than he knows what to do with it's amazing but at the same time it's sad you know and the movie industry will never be the same nope. so uh with that in mind uh you know 
Peter Mayhew, we, we miss you. Angie, we're thinking of you and your family. And uh, I know this has been a tough month or so for the, the Peter Mayhew group. Uh, I thought one of the coolest things that happened was the weekend after Peter passed. I think it was Dallas Comic Con was going on that weekend. Instead of just like taking all this stuff down and not doing anything with Peter Mayhew, they instead put up a memorial. And they they had a book you could sign and you know write a message to Angie and the family and to Peter and they they had like pe- people could put flowers there and like had candles and stuff around and it was so popular the con literally had a line going through the con around the con floor and out the door just to get to Peter's table to make a contribution to either the foundation or a set of flowers or just say their condolences or. And I'm like, that was just Dallas Comic-Con. That's yeah. crazy. But it just shows you the impact that this guy had. Mm-hmm. That that's how many people were willing to come and pay their respects. And and I think that says a lot about Peter. Um, so um, it's kind of sad to think about. But at the same time, I know Peter wouldn't want us to be sad. And that's where I struggle with this. He, he would want us celebrating all the great things he did. He did amazing things. He really did. Uh, with that in mind, uh, let's keep along the Star Wars lines. And let's move ahead, and that's looking ahead in Star Wars. Vanity Fair recently released an article, and more importantly, um, it's not just the article that's important. To me, it's the photos in the article that kind of seem to make the whole thing. And I'm scrolling back to the top so that we can kind of see what we're talking about. So first off, there were two covers to the Vanity Fair article. Uh, The first cover on the left was for Kylo Ren, and the second cover on the right was for Rey. Uh, The interesting thing I thought was that Kylo's costume is back to the the one from The Force Awakens. if And I know a lot of people don't know the little nuances of his... I've, I've started to learn them, mm-hmm. <laughs> thanks to Kelly and some others who've, who've been looking at costumes. Uh, the pleating on the arm went away in the last movie, and now it's back for this movie, which I thought was kind of interesting. But the way his cloak is uh, connected is kind of interesting and different, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see... You know, the little nuances they put in. But Ray, I, I haven't I've been trying, I don't see any differences in her costume yet. She's gone back to To the bland uh, dust costume as I call it. It's it's kind of the, the desert looking costume and she's got her blaster still, she's got the same, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, staff. That well she now had. she has Han's blaster. Right, that's true. She, and she's does got, she have Han's blaster? It's Han's blaster and Luke's Luke's uh, lightsaber. Right, okay. So she's she's kind of the she's representation. She's kind of the representation. All right, I get it. And then if you scroll down in the article, and this is the part that all my friends went bonkers over, they show uh, the director, J.J. Abrams, standing around what definitely seems to be, and they've confirmed they're in it, the Knights of Ren yep. uh, in this movie. And I got to admit, um, some of the looks, now that we get a chance to see them closer, instead of out in the rain and the dark in the middle of nothingness, uh, they're pretty cool. Uh, well, I'm sure they've been redesigned for this movie now that we're seeing them. In well, the I'm light, sure they too. have. They are. They have been too. And of course, all my friends are immediately like, "Oh my gosh, you got to make that helmet! Oh my gosh, you got to make this! Oh my gosh, you got to do that!" Well, uh, the one in the the one in the foreground looks like we're standing behind Ronan the Accuser. It does, right? But like he looks like Ronan the Accuser. The, right here. We don't know what that one looks like, which right. could be a big reveal. Plus, or plus something. there's this guy behind. Now that's him. the one we've seen before. He has the kind of grenade pleated right, er, face, face plate, right? And it looks like you know, it looks like a grenade side, but yep. silver. We saw that design way back from the book when we were looking at the Force Awakens, right? With that was Jedi, Jedi, Jedi Killer Dillion. That's what's got his back to. But I remember one of them was called the Armory, and I think it was that one. I think you're right. That had that. And I wonder if they're keeping those names. 
because I, I so. liked some of the names. I thought yeah. the armory and the different names they had was was pretty cool. So I'm kind of hoping they keep those, but this, we'll see. This guy on the left has intrigued me a little bit. I kind of, you know, this is an interesting idea, having the gun built into the hand yeah. idea, you know, the little small slit to see out. Of course, I'm thinking from a costuming standpoint, I'm like, you jerks. Like, I'm never going to be able to see out of that, nope. ever. He can't If I either. decide to do that costume, there's no way that guy's seeing out of that. I don't care what anybody says. That guy's just as bad as the guy all the way on the right, who's yeah. got just, like, just enough of a slit to see through, maybe. I wonder if the two, the kind of opaque white things from the outside that are oh, under those the eyes, are maybe see if through? those maybe are see-through for him. And so that he might be, a little yeah, bit. at least a little bit of to peek out. Otherwise, it's almost... Because it could be, like, the guy with the grenade face could be all one-way mirror stuff. He could have a right. great view. Yeah, he could if, have a great all, view if, if it's all, all one-way. Right, like right, right, right. So, and, but this one, I'm kind of like, you, you can't get away with that. That's just, there's no way. Oh, it's because he's more of a tank than he is anything else. You're right. He is kind of built like a tank. I thought the one that's the most interesting or intriguing of all of them is the guy's like front, center, left, who's got kind of a sword looking thing on his arm. It's like a, like he's got it's some. It's like a machete. Of a, yeah, like almost a machete. It, scimitar. I, I was going to say, it looks like it's a Samurai Jack's uh, yeah. sword, right? Like almost like that. And, and he's got greaves on each arm. He's got that almost like Ray, or, uh, Kylo Ren sounding belt. I'm apologizing now because we're doing construction in my house and uh, my wife can't stand still. And then there's this helmet that looks almost Batman-esque. The, the, so. the best one out of this whole picture, though... Yeah, is the pirate off, off the yeah, like yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I look like that. I didn't know Pirates of the Caribbean was in Star yeah. Wars, but apparently, well, look at the guy Jack in the back, right above Abrams' right shoulder. He's I got know, like I four. Thought about that too. He's blinders got like, on. Yeah, they almost look like horse blinders. Yeah, right. Like yeah, I'm thinking of all these guys. He's got to have the best shadowing going on for him to be able to see. Yeah, I'm kind of curious if those like close. You know what I mean? Wouldn't that be kind of cool if he could like pull a button and they like yeah they pop open and they close? Be kind of a cool thing. So then the next picture down, this is the one I was kind of like, whoa, was this uh, masked scoundrel Zori Bliss. This is seen in the thieves' quarters of the snow-dusted world, Kid, Kid Jimmy. And I looked at that costume and I was like, dude, it's sweet. Yeah. I mean, like, it is awesome looking. Um, I could almost pull it off because my chest size would almost match hers. Yep, uh, I can see that. It's Carrie yep, Russell, yep. by the way. Is that Carrie Russell? Carrie Russell. Wow, I have Carrie Russell's chest size. I didn't know that. Uh <laughs> But I love the helmet. The helmet is just flipping Very awesome. Rocketeer. It's like yeah, it's very right? Rocketeer. Yeah, I don't like it. I think it was... Oh, well, I, I see a mixture of the Rocketeer. A little bit of Alien, almost. Yeah, look into with, the, that, with right? the extended back with end. With the extended back end. So, uh, you know, it does have an Egyptian-esque look to it. I thought that was kind of interesting. I was looking at, like, the major... Like, that's some major design work on the arm. I mean, like, major, major design work on the arm that she's got going on there. It is I'm pretty cool. Kind of wondering how cosplayers are going to pull that off. Like, I'm curious. To me, it's got to be piping. That's a lot of work. A lot of piping work, if that's what it is. Well, the, the helmet and the details on all the stuff. What I like about the costume is there's a simplicity to a lot of it. Right. The bodysuit. It's not like it's overdone armor or anything like that. But yeah. then it highlights with intense details in certain areas. Right. And it... I've seen that design work done before where they kind of keep something simple, but they draw your eye to very specific, like, intense, detailed areas. Yeah. I kind of like that. Yeah, I, I, I thought that was that costume grabbed my attention. I agree with Gary that the helmet elongated, I, I, I got to see it in action. Like, is it going to look clunky or does it move easily? And, of course, the character is going to make it or break it, you know. I agree. So yeah. we'll see how it goes. Hopefully Carrie Russell can, can support that. I, I, I like her as an actress. I think she'll do a good job with it. 
Then we scroll down to the next one. This is called the Force Majeure. First Order leader is General Hux, who we know, and Allegiant General Pride on the bridge of Kylo Ren's destroyer. So, uh, apparently there's a hierarchy here. I don't know if General Hux is below or above. I'm guessing he's a... The, Allegiant the, General? The, le- the, the general sits. <laughs> the person That's, sitting yeah, is the person in charge. <laughs> I would think so, yeah. But why haven't we heard of this guy before? You know what I mean? Like, it's just so weird to have a character pop in at the end of a trilogy and be like, he's he's over top of Hux. Yeah. And we're kind of well, like, we really? never saw we never really saw the Emperor apart from a little bit till the third till movie. Till the third movie, yeah, I guess that's true. In the true. original trilogy and he was extremely important, so this could be a similar could be a yeah. similar thing. Could be a similar Maybe thing. it is the Emperor. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe that's what the Allegion is all this time. He's con- he's controlling a yeah. people from a distance and he's that's his that's his uh body. <laughs> and I thought it was interesting at, at the bottom of the article they start throwing in some like odds and ends pictures is what I call them. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like oh look we took a picture on the set. So this one's got Ray in it with well the Chewie and C3PO who's got a umbrella over him which I just yeah. thought was funny that and we have um, I believe Finn. that's Finn unless, I believe it's, a, it looks unless like Finn. it's a body double it's got to be Finn yeah and it looks like the front of Ray's speeder right I think that might be the thing we see in the commercial that they're riding oh, during the chase yeah, yeah, yeah. scene during the chase scenes yeah I think it's it's some kind of big boat thing yeah. And you got Kevin Costner with the hat. <laughs> right? It does look like Kevin Costner with a hat on. <laughs> and then the guy who's doing the weird leaning, and I get it, he's not supposed to be in the shot or whatever, but like he's doing a really weird... I don't know. I just thought it was interesting we're still using Pan- Panavision carts. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know why I'm like struck by that, because I'm like, I thought Panavision was out of business, but maybe I'm wrong on that. I, I, I might be wrong. Maybe they're still using Panavision parts. I, I, I thought they weren't around, but... This this one's called Desert Power. It's Juna Suatomo, who's Chewbacca, Ridley, Anthony Daniel, C three PO, John Boyega is Finn. So that is Finn. It waits to call the action chase scene, um, and then there's another one with C three PO specifically, under an umbrella, being a prissy. Under an umbrella. I'd like to point out. Guess what he doesn't have? A red arm, red arm. No or red a, arm. Or a gray, a silver leg. Right, or a silver leg for that matter. He's so all he's, gold. He's all gold. And this one's called Hot Take. Member of the crew of Shade and Shine Daniels, the only cast member to appear in all nine of the Skywalker films while BB-8 looks on. Um, that's almost kind of like a rip on everybody else, I kind of feel like, but I, I won't go there. Yeah, but his appearances in some of these films have been minor. Right. <laughs> he barely was in minor. some of them, but he, you know. And then as you scroll down farther, it looks like there's a band of guys in the background chasing that boat you were yeah. talking about. Well, you, you, you missed the space bulls, too. The what? The bulls and bow and arrows. Yeah, a little higher. There's, oh, oh, there's, yeah. I there's the two about main shots, and everyone says that. The, so there's two shots here. One is Finn and uh, Jana, the new a new character, Jana right. or Jana, um, atop Orbox. So they're riding something into a fight, uh, leading the charge against the mechanized forces of the First Order. So we're gonna get that. I think we're gonna get the same thing we got Return of the Jedi, which was mm. the the primitive versus the technology. You know, the Ewoks versus the... Which has me concerned again. And when I read this article, I was kind of like, oh my gosh, are, are we, we going to do what we Return did the Jedi. with Return of the Jedi? And what's my problem with Return of the Jedi? The flipping Ewoks beating up the Stormtroopers. Right. Are we going to have another scenario where somebody's going to have, like, freaking bows and arrows beating up on Stormtroopers again? I, I, I know. And that's the other thing. It's like, my problem with Force Awakens was, oh, it was New Hope. My problem with 
one of my problems with Last Jedi was, well, it really was kind of Empire Strikes Back, just out of order. It still had the the right. the sage yep. teachings by right. the by the yep. the older character. It had the walkers. They're the just older at the character end. dies. Yeah. just a little out of order instead of in the third. Movie. Yeah, the walkers were at the end instead of the beginning. Right, right. You know, there was a lot of symbol symbolism mm. to Empire Strikes Back. Uh, we didn't go to Cloud City. We went to Gambling City. It was you know that whole some there was that little offshoot story. Right. And now are we going to get? <clears throat> Return of the Jedi kind of rehashed with obviously the the Death Star's back, the Emperor's back, the you know. So there's a lot that as always <laughs> makes you, me nervous. Do you and, and they will be at Endor. <laughs> they will. You think they're going to end up at Endor? That's where the uh, Death Star's at. Oh yeah, oh, it well, is. It's on the it is yeah, on Endor. It's, on it's the moon of Endor. Yeah. You well, is it? It's because the, it, the Endor is a forest moon, and they come up to a clearly like barren cliff. Yeah, the forest moon of Endor. Right. right. The moon is supposed to be all forest. Right. It's the forest moon of Endor. Of Endor. Endor. Endor is, is the, the planet. planet. When they oh, because they went down to Endor. Right to. Right. Oh, to so okay, so the moon was forested. Was, Endor. Yeah. Right. But they were on Endor. No, no. It was the forest moon. They so were on the forest moon of, of Endor. Endor. So we never saw Endor. Right. No. That's an interesting bit of trivia that you could tell people Correct. and say, hey, you know, what did Endor look like? And they'll tell you, oh, is this is it? No, that was the moon Correct. of Endor. Correct, that was the moon of Endor. We never saw mean. Endor. Okay, so that's interesting that we'll get to see Endor at least. Yeah. That's the implications that it's actually on the planet That Which is what I would assume. The gravity would be stronger than, than the moon. And it right, so it'd suck it down it on the planet it. as opposed to yeah, the, the pieces the broke moon. loose. Correct, correct. So there's that other shot that we were talking about. I thought it was kind of funny the BBH just kind of tucked in. He's going to fall out any minute. I'm oh, just yeah. putting that out. You know, it would be awesome. He's a roly-poly-oly. He could fall out at any second. Then we have the famous shot that everybody kind of squeed over when it originally came out, and this is the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon with Lando Calrissian in the driver's seat with Poe Dameron in the you know, passenger seat. Uh, we have Chewbacca looking like, behind Looking him. like Brendan Fraser from The Mummy. Right? He kind of does. I was kind of like, what, what are they going for there? Well, they're going for a Han Solo, Indiana Jones mix, so you think of him as the Solo character. And he's even riding in the seat, you know? he's. Do you think that's the plan here? Like, he's oh, going to replace I, Solo? I felt, like he wa- I felt like he was the Solo character from the get-go. I was kind of trying to figure out if it was Finn or Dameron that's going to replace Solo. See, I was I, having a hard Finn, time with that. Okay. Immediately, Finn was too... He was too like you know nervous about things and not strong enough. And Poe po was the pilot and the the, the kind of didn't yeah, pay attention be, to rules. Yeah, the hot shot. Yeah, pilot. the hot shot. So I always I thought it. I always thought Poe was the solo. Yep. I guess that's where I've had the. I problem. almost I always thought Finn was kind of the Skywalker in yep. a way that he was the nervous, uh, the unknowing. See, see that's you know. what, that was my issue with Finn, not because he's black or anything else, but because I couldn't figure out where he fit into the like everything else mirrored Star Wars, right? And I could not figure out where Finn fit into that like mirror yeah. image of everything else like ray to me felt like luke skywalker and that, more that's than the thing is it's kind of we've kind of I mean? got two luke's in right a way. and that's what's throwing me off is and, i'm kind of like i don't no, know what to do with that everyone you know? who's listening no we're not saying that all of them have to match the old characters no, but we're saying they we're just, generally did are, it anyway yeah they you know? did it anyway and what are the archetypes they're kind of catching on right and finn is a bit of a loss he kind of floats right he was first order now he's not he Worked with the heroes, but then he tried to get away from them in the second movie and run away. But then he came back. It's he's been very wishy. I feel like he's the one character they threw in just to go. Ha! It's not just like Star Wars. Yeah, and I'm kind of like, yeah, but that's not enough. I think they could have done a lot more with a with a uh, a runaway stormtrooper. Right. I think there was a lot of story there they could have mined that they didn't. Right. Well, well, Chewbacca is the Obi Wan character though. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He really is because he's the one that took uh, the Jedi under his his arm. True. 
is helping her out. People so, have complained there's no dice. Yeah, I was just about to point out. So going back to the picture, one thing somebody, a lot of people complain about is there's no dice. The other thing, and it, it took me a while to figure it out, they have the new droid. Yeah, he's over there leaning around. DDO. <laughs> it took me a little while to figure out, oh, that's a droid. That's not just some part of the I ship I don't like his nose. The nose looks like a Dixie cup with a mesh on the bottom. It looks Well, cheap. you know, his, his head is kind of weird and awkward shaped and everything else. Although, I, I'll say this. I don't know if you guys have watched the Star Wars TV show where he talks. No. I love his voicing. It's really cool. I, I, we'll have to watch a clip later. I think you guys would enjoy okay. it. He, ha- he actually has like an inflection, like a... You know, he's got... It's. I like it. I mean... It's almost like BB-8, but a little simpler than BB-8 is. Okay, so so why is everybody upset about no dice? Because they feel like Han's dice should have been pa- put back right. in Millennium Falcon. The, but the dice should have been passed him. back to the Millennium Falcon. Because Leia's got them. Does she keep them? Yeah, why not? They, you know, that's the only thing. Right. I'm sure she's got them. Uh, I thought it was interesting that Lando's back in his old shirt yeah. and back in his cape. I thought that was a nice throwback to... The Han Solo movie, and I'm glad they did that, and didn't you know didn't like you know modernize Orlando and and try to bring him back up. Right. And then if you scroll down further, we get uh, Jordanian locals play the Aki Aki natives of the planet Pesana. I'm hoping I'm saying that. Yeah, that's the desert um, planet. You know, interesting little like alien creatures here and all sorts of stuff. All I could again think of was like. It's a version of Tatooine with with Mos Eisley, you know, yeah. and and the character these look like uh, aliens from District Nine in a way. They do, yeah, you're right. Well, they look like a, like squid face without as many tentacles. <laughs> yep, uh, to Tibetan monks and stuff. Yeah, they do kind of have that. Yeah, Tibetan. <laughs> well, that's the thing is, I wonder if it's going to be oh, they're a peaceful race, right. And somehow they're going to come. Somehow back they're going to get sucked into it. Yeah. So here's the picture that everybody was like, oh, there he is. You know, like yeah. I said, he hasn't been in the news, but he wasn't a Vanity Fair article. Composer John Williams conducting a Star Wars score, drawing on themes and motifs he has woven across four decades. I didn't think there would even be a, ever be a second film, he said. What I thought was interesting, too, is in the background of this shot is a shot with Leia. Yeah. Like, almost like they timed that just to say, hey, Leia is in this film. You know, it's kind of a big deal. And yeah. check it out. And um, You know, I always find these shots exciting because uh, the technology, right, that we have. And these guys are still using sheet music. <laughs> And stand lights yep. from the 1980s. You know, I just always find that funny. And they're all just why. mic'd. Yep, they're all just individually mic'd, which just makes it easier for scoring. Here's the one everybody flipped out about too: Luke Skywalker with R2D2 and the ground burning behind him. They're like, oh, "He's gonna be in the film," and I'm like, "Um, it's a flashback." Yeah, it's, I back, when, it's back when the school it looks was like the school being destroyed yet again. I think we're just gonna get another scene from it. it says from the ashes, Mark Hamill's Luke and R2D2 speculation is rampant about who will rise as the Skywalker of the movie's title and how that choice will reflect the way that the world has changed since the Star Wars debuted in 1977. Okay, well, what that is is the uh, funeral pyre for uh, Vader. That's what that is in the background. You think that's what that is in the yeah. background? It's a little too chaotic to be a funeral pyre, I think. No, right? I not. still think it's the school burning from the last movie. No, the funeral pyre just ex- ex- expanded and burned <coughs> the whole force movie. They, 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 had, they had no control over it at that <laughs> so point. So here's the yeah. thing. So the Emperor's back. We thought he was dead. The He's back. Day, the did he back. did he reconstitute? Was he able to create life from the Force, like they've said, you know, in the previous movies, how he was able to literally, you know, manipulate midi chlorians to create life? So maybe he brought himself back. What if the rise of Skywalker is Luke is going to do the same thing, and we are going to get an actual physical Luke back? Maybe I I still <clears throat> I still go by my whole I think. 
the remember, rise. Oh, remember of, his tagline too: "No one really dies." Right, but I think the rise of Skywalker. I'm, I'm still in that guise of they're <clears> just going to change Jedi to Skywalker. Right, and that's that's what I lean it's to. It's the as easiest well. way to 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 make this a thing, right? right? So the rise of Skywalker is basically the rise of the Jedi. Again. Yeah, except they're now going to be called Skywalkers, and they're right. going to be very neutral and right. They're going to be gray as opposed to being yeah. taking sides. Right, which goes back to the prophecy of Anakin being the chosen, the chosen one. one. Because he did bring balance to the force. Right. Think he brought sh- the Jedi back to the center. Do you think he'll sh- to being on one side? Do you think he'll show up? You Anakin? think we're going to get an Anakin or a Vader moment? I um, think I think you're going to see a Force Ghost of Anakin. I was just about to say that. I think you might see a moment with Luke, Yoda, Obi Wan, Anakin, all in Force Ghost, overlooking Mc- McGregor being the Obi Wan or an McGregor. aged McGregor no, playing no, I, an old. I think they'll do McGregor young. Why not? They've got. They're going to show an Anakin young, probably. Right. I would imagine. Right. Not Shaw, which I still think should be the case, but I, I won't go there. But I, I. That's what I think will be the final. One of the final shots is them overlooking the the gray Jedi temple being constructed or whatever. I still think what's going on with the Emperor. I, I still hang by what we've talked about, Gary, which is he has figured out how to transcend life. And I think he's traveling from body to body. I still think he was in Snoke's body up until Snoke died. <clears throat> right. And then I I stand by my, I think he's in Kylo's body, and that's why you see the shift in Kylo's aggressiveness at the end of so the last So instead movie. of killing Kylo, they'll get him out of Kylo, and Kylo will become a good guy and redeem ding, himself. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. See, there you go. And that's, and and that's he, what everyone wants. They, they want the redemption. He and Rey will go of off and start their temple the together. Gray, the gray, yeah. right. So you think we've pretty much figured out the whole movie? I, I think I have. Yeah. I might be completely wrong. I'd love to be surprised. And I have no insider information, so people are like, oh my gosh, here he goes telling everybody everything. I'm not. I what, actually am not talking to my insider people. What I would do is lead it, lead it, lead it the whole way that way that Kylo is under the influence of the Emperor. Yeah. And as he becomes a good guy, have Ray just cut him down, <laughs> and, and her eyes just turn yellow. I would love to see. <laughs> I would love to see some sort of. <laughs> shift or some sort of dramatic change. I really would. Instead but, of it being just like that, because it's too convenient, it's too easy, it's too no, um, it, buttoned it, up tight, you know what I mean? It, it'd be shocking for everybody, because everybody thought that Kyle was the evil one of the whole thing. And it's You it, really think it, it'd be shocking right. for everybody? I think it would. Oh my gosh, I think a lot of people are thinking like we are. I really no. do. I, but, but maybe I'm wrong. So... Okay, so our last topic, because I know we were going to spend a lot of time on this, yes. uh, was Avengers Endgame. And I, I would say spoilers, but you know what, part people? We're past the spoiler point. Yeah. Even the Russo brothers have agreed upon that one. We are way past the spoiler point of Avengers Endgame. We all went and saw it on the same night in the same theater in the same place. So, and yes. we have not talked about it since, and that was we opening night. We have not night. talked about it since, which I'm surprised that we have not. But my, my entire month of June or May crazy. was busy. I was not barely home. Same May. here. You know, graduations and crazy yeah. stuff going on. And uh, so we haven't talked about it. And I, it's, I'm curious as to what you guys have to say about Avengers Endgame. I have my own opinions and... and I have a feeling we may not all be on the same page in this one. It's, it's highly possible. So, uh, what did you guys think of Avengers Endgame overall? Like, did you like the movie? Did you not like the movie? Did it did it meet your expectations or did it fall <coughs> short? What do you guys think? Everybody looks at me. <laughs> well, I'm just I'm curious what you guys. He think. turns the camera on me though, so I don't. Yeah. Know. <laughs> well, why not, Eric? Right. Uh, it was your idea to okay. get everybody. To go. I will. Yeah. I will say that Avengers Endgame. Did not entirely meet my expectations, but I did enjoy the movie. And the reason I know 
the reason I enjoyed the movie so much and can t- can remember it that way is not long after I found a video on YouTube, which mm-hmm. was no video from the movie, but someone had recorded audio moments. Right. They basically had the entire movie, and just text would come up saying what's happening, like oh this is the moment that you know Steve Rogers fights himself in right. the past, or this is the moment that you know you first meet Hulk or whatever. It's it's describing those, and I heard the audience's reactions clearly recorded on an opening night and there were many times when those moments came up and i was like ah oh, that was a great moment okay ah oh, that was a great moment and i as i think about those individual moments they really did strike me there's a few times listening to that just that audio and the crowd's reaction that i welled up and i was like yeah they got me with some of those moments really good so i think i think infinity war was a better superhero movie the mm-hmm. action was more evenly paced. Yeah. The interactions between the characters, because we had more characters interacting for a longer part of the film, which allowed for more variance, they told the multiple stories pretty interestingly and stuff. I think Infinity War was complex. Or, sorry, uh, Endgame was complex. There was definitely a lot of explaining and exposition that had to be handled. Right. And the action was a lot lower than I expected for two-thirds of the movie. They did, however, redeem themselves, in my mind, with the last 45 minutes, which was pure superhero bliss, in my mind. I loved it at the end. So, overall, I give it a positive. It's a different movie than Infinity War, so it's very hard for me to compare the two and say apples to apples that, oh, right. I like this one better, just because it's a, it told a very different story. It really was hey, we're going to spend a lot of time with these initial characters. Right. Like, I think a lot of people expected, we're going to get tons of jumping around crossovers, we're going to see alternate realities with our right. superheroes, and right. they were expecting a very, very comic booky movie, and instead they said, no, this is a send-off to the original Avengers and the original Marvel cast that we've been following for ten years. We're going to follow them through this last series of events and focus in on those core characters. And I think that made people go, oh, it's not Infinity War Part Two. It's a very different film. And that was tough for some people. I liked that they took the time to kind of do that with those characters. It gave it a lot of emotional heft going into that final third. So overall, I liked it, but it's a very different movie than Infinity War. All right, Gary, what did you think? Not enough cowbell. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, um, when they were doing the, the time jumping and all that, yeah. they sh- should have brought Coulson back. And I know it would probably mess up your Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and everything, but they should have they brought him back. Well, and that's the problem. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is in a really weird spot right now where Coulson... I'm going to ruin it for you guys. I'm sorry if you're not watching the show, but I, um, it's okay. for those people who are watching the show, know that Coulson's like back on Earth, but he's not, he's not Coulson. He's not a good guy. He's part of this weird group of bandits that are going around stealing things and going through time and we're trying to figure out what his role is and why that's happening and um, I think it's because whatever happened in Infinity War somehow when the snap happened I think because he went to Tahiti it played with his alien side and so I think that's why we're seeing either we're seeing a clone of Coulson or a different Coulson altogether Um, and I think that's why they didn't bring Coulson back because it wouldn't work with the TV show. I think they had to leave him out of it. In, but in they've regard. always said that the TV show and the movies are different entities, so... Oh, except for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They have agreed that no. all... Oh, no, no, no. They unless have agreed they, that Agents of they S.H.I.E.L.D. Rec- unless they wreck kind of the whole old crappy 
Shell would know that then. <laughs> well, they, they, I mean, if you look at Winter Soldier and Agents of Shield, there is no it way did, it the tied two of it, them could exist without right. being inside. And I by agree. Side. Back then, they tied in closer. But right. from what I've heard, I even heard someone say it recently that they're even considering Shield becoming its own thing. Like it's branched off into almost like a multiverse territory. It's its it is, own. Okay, so I will say this: line. it is, and on the multiverse <laughs> side of things, it's already branched into the multiverse. But I truly think they're doing that to prepare for you for Spider-Man. They're there. Yeah, but what about all the people who aren't following Agents of Shield? I think they're doing that because if you follow Agents of Shield, you've seen some of the things you're going to see in Spider-Man. If you're not, it's not a big deal. You could still follow Spider-Man. And so, like, yes, they're separate, but they're still happening in the same universe. It's not like the Netflix series or, uh, I'm trying to think of the Cloak and Dagger, right? There's no way they've agreed that they're even in the same universe. They're not. Well, Figgy came right out and said that even Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. wasn't He initially said that, yes, but he's backtracked it. He actually has backtracked it. The Russo brothers have agreed that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., is part of what they're doing and actually are working with some of the producers. So there is kind of this weird dichotomy within Marvel about where does Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fit in and what made, what screwed it up for a while, and I'm going to be honest about it, was the overlap with the Inhumans. They don't want that Inhumans <coughs> TV show to be a thing yeah. at all. And so they're kind of like, well, those 12 episodes where the Inhumans were in there, that didn't happen. <laughs> like, that's kind of the way they're reacting to that. And so I think that's where a lot of people are confused. I think they were trying to cut that part of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. out, but still keep the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. into the universe of what's going on. Because they mentioned the snap. They've specifically talked about Thanos in the show. They mentioned the moment, and you know they're talking about the snap. So... They're aware of it, so obviously they're did, still okay, interacting. Did, did any of the agents, the shield people, disappear when the snap happened? That there is, it didn't happen the way it did in the movie because the rumor is that when because Coulson left with a group of people and they disappeared, and now they're the ones that came back, and so that's that's the rumor is although you didn't see it, the snap caused them to disappear yeah, somewhere. I call bullshit on it. I'm just saying that that's. <laughs> I'm just saying that that's that's that's. Let's the get back discussion. to Endgame, though. We're spending a lot of time on Shield. We are, uh, but I, I think Gary makes a valid point about Coulson and 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 the fight. Yeah, you know, it would have been cool to see Coulson. I, I know what you're saying. I, I agree with you there, and I, but I know why they didn't do it. It just had to do with the show. Um, but again, it, it's from my line and Eric's uh, perspective. Already, right? They should have showed Coulson in it because we don't follow Agents of Shield. We but should. I'm trying to think of when in the timeline because in their travels back, he was already dead. Right. Or he was already injured by Loki at the point they returned to because they're already at the battle. And he got injured before the battle. So they didn't go back far enough. They, they, Not what you him. saw. Yeah. Right. They didn't go back to the to the, to the, the helicarrier. The helicarrier and the triskelion, a, a, yeah. Any of the flashback scenes, they, they could have showed them. Any of them. So my overall viewpoint, man, I'm going to get haters on this one. I was vastly disappointed okay. in Avengers Endgame. I actually kind of walked away. <clears throat> At first, I was angry. I'm going to be honest. I walked away angry. I was mad. I was furious at the way they ended the movie. I have since kind of calmed down about the anger and thought about it a little more and be like, okay, I'm not like furious, furious, but I'm still not happy. It did not do for me what I thought it was going to do. I, it's funny the way you talked about it. You know, people wanted the comic book movie. I wanted a comic book movie. It's Avengers. Yeah. It's Endgame. 
It's you know what I mean. Like I wanted the comic book movie I was expecting to see, and it didn't deliver. It gave me a drama with some action thrown in, and that's not what I wanted. It's not what I was expecting. And then I the part that infuriated me was how they handled Cap at the end. And I know there's a lot of people saying, "Oh, it was darling the way they handled Captain America." No, it wasn't. And I'll tell you why it wasn't. For two reasons. First off, they broke their own timeline rule. Well, they've admitted that. They, they s- broke their own rule. They're saying there's there's more to it than you know. There's they've they've bluntly come out and said he shouldn't have been able to be sitting in that bench Correct. because it's a multiverse time thing. So then the, then the Russos have even said, "So how did he end up on that bench?" And that's all they say. They know. But there's a plan there. To at least it might be addressed in the Falcon and uh, Winter I get, Soldier I get, series. I get what you're they're, saying. They're saying something happened. I go back to you, and you've said it before. You shouldn't have to explain these things post-movie. You or, shouldn't. You know what I mean? <clears throat> they should be innate, and they should be in there. Yes. So, to me, when you broke your own timeline rule, you kind of, you disappointed me. Right. Because you set up a rule. Like, if you wanted to do that, then don't have Hulk meet with the Sorcerer Supreme and have that. Like, if you'd have taken that whole scene out and just let them time travel... I would have been okay because see, I would have been worse with that because, but because I like set this like dichotomy of like this is how t- the this is how timelines work, right? Mm-hmm. This is how it's gonna be, and when you set that and then you broke the rule at the end, I'm kind of like, wait a minute, you just can't like all of a sudden be like, here's the rule, nope, you know, like I just that part I was I was I was had a huge issue with, and then I thought about like while I'm watching the scene with him and Peggy. I thought about, okay, let's assume for a minute you can break the rule. That means that Steve Rogers, just think about this logically for a minute. Steve Rogers went back in time. He had his dance with Peggy Carter. He lived his entire life yes. watching everything go on around him. What With things? the other Captain America, with the other Avengers. No, not necessarily. Not in his multiverse. Things would have gone differently. There's no guarantee that everything happened the same because he's in a separate timeline. Once you diverge, things happen differently. Who knows what adventures he had? As well, and, but that's, that's the, my in that point. in that world, the Captain America may never have come out of the ice, and he was Captain America. So how the because again, he has to be in that timeline to come back to the bench. He he can't, he got back some. They've said there's a story there that they again, haven't I'm told not, yet. I'm saying if if you put that aside because there can't that can't happen. But when you put that aside and we follow the Russo's rules. Then he's in the same timeline. Yeah. All these things are going on in the same timeline. You're telling me Steve Rogers would sit on the sideline. I don't think they went on in his timeline. I think his timeline was different. He lived a different life. And then something happened where he was able to get back to our timeline. Which brings me back to either that or Cap didn't happen in their timeline and there is no Avengers. So then how did they get there? Be- because he's out of time and he's got the uh, pin particles to come back. But you get what I'm saying, right? Like, there's this, like, dichotomy of, like, the two versions of Cap that you presented at yeah. the end or the potential possibilities of Captain America, neither of which are the Captain America I grew up with in the comic books. And that pisses me off to no end. Which, which I've been trying to tell everybody, the whole Mar- MCU is the ultimate. It's more like the ultimate universe, the yeah. The ultimate universe? It totally is. Because everything's completely different in the Ultimate Universe than it is in the regular yeah. comic book. But then why would you... Okay. So part of me is like, why would you pick that version of Marvel to follow then? If it's so different from everything else, why are you picking Well, they're that pulling from both. I mean, they pull Civil War comes from the regular say, 616, not the Ultimate. Right. 
So it's they, you got to remember that the movies are not the comics. You're not going to get the exact same stories. They're telling I, a cinematic universe. And I, and I get what you're saying, but what I'm saying is when you're presenting this to comic book fans, like myself, there's certain expectations I have, and you just destroyed one of my major expectations. Yeah, I, I just Rogers. don't see it that way. You, you, I really don't. You know, it sounds like him arguing with us about Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. But I do not like what they did with Captain America. I was I was pissed. Okay. I was really pissed. And the other part I didn't like about the whole movie was we had no explanation as to how the Soul Stone goes back. Right. That's the other thing is he shows up. He goes back with it. He must have met the Red Skull. He had to have, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. he had to meet the Red Skull. So what I lo- the I love hell that, happened I love there? that meme where it's like he always breathes people and they're like... Uh, you know, so and so, son of Roger, so and so, some, and then Captain America shows up, and they were like, Steve Rogers, son of a bitch, you're still alive. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that. Like, I have like issues with that whole thing. Like the Soul Stone, there's no explanation how that goes back, right? Um, I don't know. I just, and I know what they were trying to set up. They wanted the Falcon to get the the shield. I kind of felt like they didn't think it through. See, they didn't, I, they I, didn't know what to do I think here, they did. And I, that was just too convenient. I think to they be did able think to. a lot through because they said they, they literally spent years thinking about all these things. I think they left the open holes to tell future stories that may not even have to involve these actors, but will end up wrapping around those. I, I think Endgame was extremely important going forward for the Marvel Cinematic Universe because I think it set up the multiverse. And the multiverse is going to be important for the next phase, leading up to whatever the big next 10-year wrap-up is. I have a feeling it's going to be kind of like Crisis on Infinite Earths for DC when they're like, okay, multiverse gets crazier and crazier, and then you get this major paring down, and we'll lose tons of characters, and all these some stories we follow will get destroyed. I have a feeling that's their next build point, is to tell a multiverse story that eventually pairs down to, a to, as the Russos have said, Secret Wars. Right, yeah, and, and yeah, I think the next one sets, like, this next level of, like you said, multiverse. Yeah, because if they have to up it, think, the next bad guy, the next Thanos, is going to be Galactus. It's got to be. Because they're setting up the next big, big villain that will take time. But after Galactus, which Galactus won't be, I think, ten years from now, I think he'll be like six, you know, or whatever, what's the big ten-year moment? That's the Beyonder. That's a creature that comes in and says... The, the reality itself, since the snap, has never been right, and we need to pare it down, and a bunch of you have to go, and it, you know something like that. I think they're thinking those long-term things, and I think we're going to get a, just a multiverse. T- I mean, obviously, going into... Uh, the Russos have said that Endgame was not the end of Phase 4. Homecoming, Homecoming is, is the end of Phase 4, right. and from the commercials we see, they're, very, they're already talking multiverse. The they're already right. talking about it, and they're already saying whether or not I believe it, that Mysterio's from another Earth right. and whatever... Um, but I think they're setting up this this whole process. To, I think that's how we're going to get X-Men. I think that's how we're going to get Fantastic Four. I think they're going to have lived lives in other multiverses and merge with ours. Or There'll be all sorts of stuff they can do. I, so I'm interested in seeing where they go. I just hope the Galactus arc, if they, if they go that way, isn't rushed. No, take the, do it like Thanos. Take yeah. years. Set it up as this, right. you know... Just not before I die. D- you know, <laughs> d- just damaged, pl- destroyed planets and something that's going through ruining civilizations and grow it slowly. Even if you just have hints of the Silver Surfer along the way. Yep, that, that'll probably you know be the mean? first like, thing we meet. Right, like just the, a hint. The next Guardians movie. Yeah. Would be perfect. Well, I've, have you guys heard of the rumor about the next Guardians movie? No. Well, it, it's, it's, the rumor is it's going to be heavily about Rocket. Okay. The raccoon and his his history and his story, and supposedly one of the bad guys is going to be 
big pink guy. I always forget his name. High evolutionary. High evolutionary. Oh yeah, I can see high evolutionary is a. And the rumor is that they're gonna like you know in one of the versions in the Marvel universe, the high evolutionary made rocket as an experiment, which I can see that because that's what he messes. He messes with life, right? Right to create new things, right? So it be totally makes sense for the high evolutionary to come along. And I kind of thought, you know what? If you're gonna have another build up right to a Galactus type character. Sure, High Evolutionary would be a great starting yeah, point. To he's a good like, stepping stone. So you get him and Kang and some of these other people. That well, that's are a the other thing. People bigger, are going right? like, like, to say go. that this whole messing with time thing has gotten the attention of Kang. Well, I, yeah. And it, that he'll be brought in. That would totally make sense you know. to me. I was actually, and I guess that's the other thing I'm disappointed in at the very end. See, here's the weird thing. I liked the beginning of the movie. I liked the middle of the movie. I hated the end. That's you didn't where like you lost me. Uh, um, I love the fight. I'm sorry. Parts of the fights I was... Cap getting the hammer was... Uh, you're, I was one, just about to say, there were parts of the fight I loved... the best moment in the ten years of the There, there were parts of the fight I loved, and there were parts of the fight that actually pissed me off, too. And I'll get back to that in yeah. a second. But I, uh, to me, you didn't leave anything out there. Something. And I get there was the whole hammer thing at the end. You're Disney and Marvel. You're supposed to have an end credit scene. I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, I'm sorry. No, and, and they said they. I and I think I agree with them now that I think a wrap about up. it. Well, well no, it's not, not only that. You had the character sign offs at the end. I yeah. feel like a teaser would almost have diminished from the finality of Endgame. <laughs> and I think the I teaser. Disagree. I think the teaser is better placed at the end of Homecoming, because that's going to not be as consequential of a movie. And at the end, a big teaser that says. Because Homecoming is very tied to Endgame. It's about Tony Stark being right, dead. It's right. about the multiverse. So it's almost like the epilogue to Endgame, I take it. And that's when you put the teaser in, when you wrap up the, the, the offshoot story. But I think your problem now is, and I, again, I'm just thinking from studio perspectives here, Sony does not draw like Disney does. And so you're going to do that. Let's say you do it, but you're not going to get the audience and suddenly people are going to not know. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, I don't think Spider-Man Homecoming is going to have any trouble drawing an audience. I, I don't know. I don't <laughs> think it's going to draw the audience. Well, here's the thing. It, it might, like, well, come no, on, it Endgame's crazy. It won't. I mean, like, Endgame's crazy. But I think you're going to get everyone who doesn't see it in the theater, you're going to get on the streaming and the home rental and whatever. So? within Because it's going to come out within four or five months. Yeah. And you'll get that as being, you know, they might not want to pay for it, but everyone wants to see it. So I think you'll that's Maybe. if you don't see the numbers, it's simply going to be home viewing that's going to make up for it. I just don't know if you have enough of a draw through Spider-Man to make that a thing. Well, they've already the made. Universe. I mean, mentioning having Fury in it, right? Talking heavily about Tony Stark, yeah, and having that you know all the people who are really into that father-son feel of Tony and and uh, Peter Parker, yeah, really want to see what happens to Peter now. They're very into. I think those people are very into it. So I think it's. I think it'll pull enough that it's it's a good place to do it. I do. Um, so going back to the fight scene, yeah. the one thing that infuriated me about the fight scene, and and it's going to sound bad, but I'm sorry. Oh, I know what you're going to say already. You did not need to have all the females come together to fight. It didn't need to be done. You were trying to make a statement, and you didn't need to make it. I mean, I like the strong female characters, don't get me yeah. wrong, Marvel's all about that, I'm all about it, but never once in the comics did you see all the females get together and go, hey, yeah, girl power. Sorry. It's, it's in Marvel, it's... How do I put it? It's massaged in. You know what I mean? Like, you see strong female characters, and you see it, but it's not, like, in your face, and you flap, slap you in the face, like, look at all the females on the screen, yay. It's more of a, like, wow, Captain Marvel's got all this power, and wow, Valkyrie's this great character. You know, and to me, that's the cool thing in the Marvel comics, is it's kind of massaged in there, and it's not slapped into your face. Falcon. I, I've been reading the old Captain Americas. 
he's so anti-segregation, right? He's so against all of that back in the 70s. But it was massaged in, and it was kind of like, you know, if you really read the comics, they're making statements, but man, it wasn't like slap you in the face. It was more like, we're going to make these statements slowly, and Cap's going to slowly kind of get people to change their mind about the African-American community and how it fits into the world and the culture and people. But that wasn't this. And and I just, it didn't fit. It didn't fit. I do, I mean, I agree that it was very obvious when they did it. It wasn't yeah. done smoothly. But uh, at the same point, I didn't hate it because I kind of thought, well, if this one, it's like the girls all came together to help the one. It's like right. they, they're like, they're available and she's there and it's like, they all just joined together for that one moment. It didn't. I knew it was very obvious, but it didn't ruin anything for me. I didn't hate it. I was just. I, 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 I just, thought the fight that they actually did was really cool, and Valkyrie was riding along, slicing the sides, oh, of the, I, yeah, the yeah, things, yeah. and everything. I was like, I thought it was a great sequence, so I was, I was over it pretty quickly. Yeah, but like I said, that that I, I'd have been okay if they'd have done it in some other way. But it was just the way they pulled that together didn't didn't work I, for me. I actually liked it only for the fact that they weren't eye candy for a change. Yeah, I it's get like, what you're saying there. Yeah. yeah. You know, they actually, and I, they I liked. Did I really liked when Captain Marvel fought Thanos, and at first he was able to beat her a little bit, and then she powered up a little extra, and he yeah. headbutts her, and she doesn't budge. Yeah, you know, and then he has to and resort to get, a stone to take her out. That's why I get mad at some of the females who are like, "Well, that wasn't enough of a fight scene, and she didn't put up enough of a fight with him." I was kind of like, "Do you remember what happened yeah. in Infinity War when Cap went toe to toe with him, and it was like a flea?" And well, here's this thing. You, you, okay, you so get Captain you had, Marvel who goes up against him and holds her own. You I had mean, the like, two people who held themselves up the best were Captain Marvel, who yeah. he had to resort to a stone to to defeat, and Scarlet Witch, who right. ripped off his armor, and he had to call Cut, down Hellfire right. just to distract enough, or he's so he going to get, get killed. Right. And I think they're setting her up. <laughs> people are saying that scene was a setup to lead into her being a super powerful character going into. The I next think so. phase. I think it's like so. like a threat character, though. Yeah, like that's what they're leading towards. What yeah. you, when you look at her in the comics, the crazy <laughs> things she could do. Yeah, she's one that's of the really up to that. I yeah, think. yeah. I mean, she, when you look at the Marvel Avengers, like of of one of, of any of the Avengers there, if there's kind of like this rogue character, you're never quite sure how powerful they are. I've always said Scarlet Witch is one of those. Yeah. That, like, you never know, because, like, all of a sudden she'll come out of nowhere and be like, what You're like, she can do something <laughs> she never could do before, and you're like, whoa! Well, they've greatly limited her in the, in the cinematic universe. I mean, yeah. they started off giving her ability to, like, mess with people's minds, which they're now kind of ignored in right. all the movies since. They turned her in just, just, a, just to a, tele, a psychokinesis person, just right. moving things with her mind. But they've already hinted that she does have those other abilities that are farther. So I wonder if those are going to start like creeping coming in. back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So let, let's go back farther in the movie. Let's talk about some other stuff in the movie yeah, yeah, yeah. that was going on that I actually did enjoy. Uh, first off, I know a lot of people rail on Scarlet Rich, or not, sorry, Scarlet Johansson, Black Widow, deciding to sacrifice herself over right. Hawkeye. Um, and it's funny because everybody I've talked to has got different reasons for it. You know, some people were like, well, why. Why sacrifice a female over a male? And I'm kind of like, well, that's that's going to the lowest factor. Who cares, right? Like, I and, see it very simply. I didn't see it like she, that. She knew he had a family. She didn't. See, that's the way I saw it. But I've got people. I've got friends who are upset about that, and they're like, why should that be a factor? Like, just because he's got kids, what he should be saved and she shouldn't? And that I was, was kind of like, that wasn't the universe's choice. That was her right. choice. That was her decision. She right? said, "You have kids. You have a family. I'm going to sacrifice." Right. I'm going to. I'm going to do. I'm going to do this because you've got a family to yeah. worry about. But you know, and, and it's funny because right. It's, and it's, I'm and I see where they're coming from. They're coming from that whole 
having a family doesn't isn't what values you because we right. get a lot of, like me and me and my wife don't I have kids say, like, and I, we get a lot yeah. of that when you can have kids or you don't have a family you're not really a family blah 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 and it, it angers us it's like you don't mess with other people's lives and, right and say that kids give you value right so if they're coming at it from that point they're coming at it from the wrong angle because it's not about whether or not kids gave him value it's about what she valued and she said you have a family with daughters and sons they need you right and that was her choice right and that's how i saw it and that's that's kind of the way I was seeing it too. And I, I guess that kind of angers me because I, when people say, "Well, the kids make your family," I'm like, "No, you make your family." You know what I mean? Like I, I it's funny because my family's my family, but my family's bigger than my yeah. wife and my kids. You oh know? yeah, yeah. It, Gary's part of my family's, family. Family's You're part not of just my blood. family, right? Like the Falco clan is part of my family. I mean, there are lots of people out there that are part of my family of people that I know, and you know, to me, it's it's about. I don't know. I go back to the whole quote that home is where the heart is, right? Yeah. Like it's where your heart is and where people are and get you and and that's your family. People who get you, understand you, love you for who you are and not for something they want you to be. And, yeah, and think about it and, this way. She wasn't sacrificing necessarily for his kids. Right. In a way, they're her family because right. they called her Aunt Nat. Right. She's obviously met that family many times before, you know, because she's been around with Clint for a while. When you care about the kids that much... You'd probably make the choice to say they need their dad. Part of me wonders if people would change their minds if the Scarlet, if the, if the Black Widow movie had come out prior to this movie, right. because I think you would see. I think they're going to do it in the movie anyway. I, correct me if I'm wrong. If they don't, but I think they're going to show why Clint and Scarlet Johansson's character Black Widow are so yeah. closely related to each other. I think they're going to run across each other. I think it's going to be all about their spy games and why she was a Russian spy, he's an American spy, they ran into each other, how they all connected. And I think that's going to be the point at which they go, oh, now I get the sacrifice, yeah, yeah. why she threw herself over That's the, the thing, cliff. is people don't see them as, as close as they as clearly they are meant to be. they were in the comic books, yeah. right? Like, that's the way we know those characters to be. Uh, so, you know, I, I just thought that was interesting. A lot of people were complaining about that. I'm glad they didn't go the multi uh, the Ultimate Universe version of Black Widow <laughs> in, in the MCU. Yeah. Because she, she was a traitor. Oh, was she really? She was the reason that the Skrulls invaded. Yep. And oh, she really? was like the human contact, and uh, Tony Stark killed her. <laughs> wow. Because yeah. she, she was a traitor. That would have been extreme. Yeah, it was a, it's very extreme in the comic, but... Um, that was definitely they definitely went more of the six one six version, right? Of all right, these as far as that, the Zach's concerned, yeah. But uh, no, have you heard the newest about who's actually who? Uh, what actor's appearing in Black Widow? I remember and I, I keep David Harbor. Okay, and what Stranger else? Things, right, right, and right. Hellboy. Yeah, some people wonder if he's playing Ben Grimm. Oh, I could see that. Yeah, he's got that. But they're uh, like that timeline doesn't necessarily work if they go really far back with her. And but it depends on how close they're telling the story. Like obviously they could de-age her, they can do that. But how how far back I'm, are they going to go? I wonder if they do flashbacks. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like have it a little more modern, closer to Endgame, and do flashbacks yeah. to tell her I don't story. Know. But and maybe ben, no one. Maybe Ben Grimm is just mentioned. Yeah. in a scene. You know what I mean? And I'm cool with that. No one has said if he is for sure, but there's right. suddenly this rumor. But I can see it. He's got the bill. He could play it. He could. His voice would be great if he yeah. did motion capture for the thing. Oh he'd, my gosh, he'd be great, Ben Grimm. He would be great as long as we don't get the foam version of Ben Grimm, or we're good. <laughs> what did you guys think of the the Smart Hulk? Loved it. That Bruce Banner Smart Hulk. Be- because they did such a good job with it, making it look like Mark Ruffalo. I saw ruffalo hulk oh, yeah. the entire time yeah and i loved some of his responses like you know when he was trying to get time travel to work oh by the way they don't have to stick with old cap 
Okay. Think about what happened to Scott Lang. He didn't get pushed through time. They pushed <laughs> time through him. They could do that to uh, Steve Rogers. What do, you, what do you? Okay, I'm trying to understand. He turned into saying. a baby. He turned into an old man. Scott Lang. Oh yeah, yeah. They pushed okay. time through him. That Tony Stark right. said that you goofed up. Like you did this instead of this, and you pushed time through him, not him through time. Okay. They could do that with to Cap. Cap. Like DH him or whatever. They could, they could push him time through him and turn him back into Steve Rogers. Well, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> That's another opening that I thought about. I'm oh, like, I didn't even well, think they, about they like, got that. They could play with anything in that regard. They I mean, could, as far as like going into the Which, future. If you said Steve Rogers would think to himself, "I'm giving up on life." What if he knew that was a possibility when he got back? <laughs> right, right. Like he knew he could go back he and push knew. himself. He's like, I time. can live a life, and then uh, I could be young Steve Rogers again. See now that would yeah that would work. You know, that's, there's all See sorts now of that things. I would be okay yeah. with, but then hint at that. Yeah, you know I know. What I, mean? I, know. Like, I think that's a fun thing to just get to think about. It's like, right, yeah, why have saying. that moment? Was it just a joke? Right. Or was there more? Was it there? real? Yeah. Right. So, um, I I for the most part really liked Mark Ruffalo's Hulk. I liked that we barely he never like transformed back and forth. They stuck with right, the Hulk stuck character with the Hulk for most character. of it. Right. And they just we just saw him when uh, the the ancient one punched him out like she right. did to Benedict Cumberbatch, and. Uh, but I liked his performance. The only thing I didn't like, and a lot of people said this, is you didn't get the Hulk Thanos round two. That people wanted him to, now that he was smart Hulk, fight and get some good licks in to make up for I almost liked not having it, though. Yeah. I, I think it was better without it, to be honest with you. And I liked the, tr- like, they did the tribute to Secret Wars. Yep. The cover where he held the mountain up. He's holding up all of the Avengers base from right. crushing people. Um, I liked that he was the one who did the snap. And it kind of worked really, really in their favor because, think about it, Thor could have done it, but Thor's in a bad place mentally. Right. The Hulk has the physicality, and he has the, the genius smarts to do the mathematics and the things necessary to really try and concentrate on this. So I think Smart Hulk was 100% required to undo the snap and survive it. He was the only he was about the only character who could snap and survive to be right. in the rest of the movie. So um, I, liked, I liked how they set all that up because I didn't even think about it until they got there. I'm like course they'll have him snap you know i'm like right. who else would do it so i always you know i thought the snap wouldn't happen until the very end of the movie and the fact right. that they brought I him back early yeah. i kind of thought that was a neat little moment yeah um so uh i liked smart hulk for the most part i thought he was pretty cool what did you guys think of tony coming back and making his own gauntlet at the end and doing the ultimate sacrifice and snapping and undoing and redoing or whatever you want to call it and what did you think of the sacrifice of Tony Stark? Did it live up to uh, the expectation there of Tony Stark making that sacrifice? I didn't like it because it was too predictable. Because yeah, by that point in the story, I kind of agree with you. It was because, a little because because um, Downey Jr. said this is the last episode, last yeah Iron Man, Tony Stark role, and people are already saying how he's coming back though. And it's have you heard? Yeah, no. How? But it, it's just to, to me. All right, hang on, time out. How? Because now I'm curious. He said, "This is my Sorry, last Gary, time we'll playing to Tony Stark and Iron Man." Okay. But what about Spider-Man in his suit getting a new AI? Oh, as Tony Stark. I think Tony's going to gift it to him by at the end of Homecoming, and it's going to be Tony's voice. Oh, it's the AI inside of Spider-Man. Okay, I get it. How about Thor? <laughs> What did you guys think of Thor in this movie? There were actually some people that were irate at Thor in this movie, the fact that he became Fat Thor. What did you guys think of that? It was perfect. <laughs> I why, got agree with you. I really did, too. Huh? Why was it perfect? He, he, he had a chance to kill Thanos, and he didn't do it, and this is his way of atoning for it. 
<laughs> I, I think more of like, and maybe it's just me and the way I react to things. He got depressed. Yeah. He gave I mean. up on life. He started drinking and eating and saying like, screw it. And like, I've done that before. I, I hate to say it. This is an example of a, you know, a time in my life where I've kind of gone that direction. And it's kind of like, I get it. Like when you get depressed like that, there's no turning you around. <laughs> and people, I, some I understood people say it. it was a very accurate representation of depression. Yeah, I, I really think it is. Yeah, and his and his redemption is, I think, an accurate representation of people who finally come out of depression and the way they feel. You know what I mean? Like the way he felt coming out of it. I think is how people feel when they come out of depression. And, and I like the fact that Chris Hemsworth said that I'm going to stay the fat Thor through the whole movie. Right. They were originally going to make him uh, become skinny again. And, yeah, they were they were gonna make him uh, ripped for the yeah. for the battle, and then at the end they were actually gonna make him like skinny, skinny, like he had been emaciated, and like had used all his power to get through the battle. That's the rumor that I had heard about what they were gonna do with Chris Hemsworth, and he insisted, no, leave it as like the overweight Thor all the way through, and I think it worked better. Yeah, I really do think it worked better. How, what'd you think of? How was that moment when he put both hands up? And boom, catches I, I, Stormbreaker and then Molnir. I was kind of like, yes! <laughs> like, I just, that, to me, that I thought was a better moment than the cat moment. I mean, I love the cat moment, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I actually loved seeing Thor grab both Molnir and, I mean, just having both of them in his hand, just, I don't know, it just was a really cool moment. The, the, the part I liked better was when Cap was holding uh, Stormbreaker. And oh, he was yeah. using it. And, and Thor was using Molnir, and uh, he's like, Look at Cap and then toss it the hand. Oh, and they switch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me the big one. You take the little <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, you take the little one. Yeah, no, I have to admit that was kind of a, a funny scene too. Did you now? Did you have a problem going back to the gauntlet moment okay. with Tony with the ease with which he was able to get the stones out of Thanos's gauntlet and into his? Yeah, it was a little convenient. I, you know, I don't know. I here's the thing: it wasn't Thanos's gauntlet; it was his that he built. That had gotten big for the Hulk. Right. I really think Tony Stark would have put a quick eject mechanism in there to get those stones out in case something went sideways real fast. Oh, I get what you're and saying. And I think that's what he did is he popped it and just, they they just, you know, magnetically or whatever, right into his hand. Right. And then they formed because he had the power. So I think he would have planned a, a, a fail safe. He already planned a fail safe already built in. Because in. into the, into the, into, it was his gauntlet. If it was the regular gauntlet... I would have had a big problem with it. Well, because maybe, I'm like, how the heck do you get them out? All right, so so here's here's one to think about. What if by that point Strange had told Tony, "Here's what you have to do: build right. the failsafe in." Because remember, he looked at he looked at Tony and go, "Now, but, no, now but, is the time." But when would he have told him? Because he they, they never he never told him what happened in the future before he vanished, and he wasn't back until the fight. But we don't know that there wasn't a side conversation somewhere. Do you right, get what I'm saying? Right. That he could have. On Titan. On Titan, yeah. told him before everything goes back in time and, and gets all wonky and weird. You know what I mean? Like, I, why not? Why not tell him? If you know that's the one way. Okay, well, why, why not put a failsafe in it that if Thanos did get it, it just crushed his hand? Right. I don't know. I don't know. I just... You know, just but remember, of all, he saw, what, 10 million ways, and there's only one in well, which they still, win, and that's what I'm saying. Like, Well, Tony didn't see that, though. Doc Strange did. Right. But that's what I'm saying. Like, if and Strange let that out to Str Tony... Strange said, if I tell you, it will not happen. Yeah. 
No, I get that, but I. So he didn't tell him. But they've broken their own rules. <laughs> I'm like, but why not break him. that rule too? Because there's only <laughs> one. One where do they win? I just think it's more like I think it's more likely that Tony would have built something in to get right. the stones out fast. Remember, Tony never bad. trusted anybody. He never right. trusted Hulk. That's why we all he didn't trust their armor. He, took he didn't all trust their, Shield. Right. He yeah. took all their tech. Uh, you know. So it's like everybody he works with, he doesn't trust them anyway. He's ready to backstab them at any moment. Hammer, Jason Hammer. He didn't trust him. Yeah. Yet, you know what I mean? He's always got fail safes written. It makes sense for him to have a fail safe. Yeah. Put into this place. It really it did make right. sense. But oh, going back to Fat Thor. Okay. Have you heard the newest rumor now about the Fortnite scene? No. People are saying there's a, there's a petition. I think, or okay. there's just a lot of people saying it that they want what was it Noob Master sixty nine or whatever was the person that they argued with online. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. To be Deadpool. <laughs> he was the one okay. trolling him playing the that game. That would be awesome. At some point in a Deadpool movie, they'll cut to a shot of him playing Fortnite. And he's playing as Noob, Noob, Ma- Noob Master Fortnite or whatever. That would be awesome. <laughs> now, uh, to address that, here's the interesting thing Disney has now said. They, they It's in a statement, and I, I, I'll, I'll look it up later and, and show you guys. They have admitted that Deadpool will not cross into the current MCU. Not the current Deadpool, not the way he is. And I was just kind of like, oh, you know, like, you know, and part of me was just like, it would have been so cool. See, like, that's the, that was the end game, end scene I wanted to see. I wanted to see Deadpool walk on and, like, everything's over and have him go, oh, I missed it again. <laughs> Son of a bitch, you know, or something like that. And just be right. like, that would have been great. That's all you had I to just, do I for I feel me. like it would have been so out of tone with the rest of the movie, though. But that would have been a great part of it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it just would have been out of tone on purpose. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I know that, like, I'm a sure lot of they considered like, a lot of things. I know. You know, I, I'll tell you what my problem was. When you walk away from the movie, it ends on such a sad note. Mm-hmm. Scarlet Witch is dead. Not Scar- Scar- uh, oh my gosh. Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> Black, Black Widow is dead. Stark's dead. Cap's gone. You know, like, it's just such a downer yeah. when, you know, and and then I'm trying to remind myself when we walked out, because I, I, Gary, I think, saw I was kind of like, I don't know, I was feeling down walking out of the theater, and I'm in the truck going, but there's more. Like, I know there's more, but, like, part of me was just like, this is not the way to end something when there's more, you know, like, I don't know. I did, he needed to do something just a little bit to lift my spirits on the way out the door. And doing a tink tink was not enough. Right, I needed right. something to lift my spirits. I think a that's bit. what's going to be. I think that's what Homecoming's for. I think yeah. Homecoming is literally the uplift after the Endgame. I get just I get what like you're Scar- just like Ant Man and the Wasp was kind of the uplift in the summer after, after Infinity, Infinity War. War. Yeah, I guess that's true. And it had the tag that really led into Infinity War and big time. Here's the stupid thing, and 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 are ready for this one because I was so angry with Endgame. I'm like not ready to watch Spider Man now. <laughs> like I don't want to. I like I'm right. almost at the point right now where I like I don't know if I want to go see it in the theater because and I'm normally like a oh a Marvel movie's coming out I gotta go see it and for the first time I was like so you want to go see you know the the Spider Man movie I'm like I don't know and she just looked at me she goes are you okay and I'm like <laughs> I got so upset at Endgame I don't know if I want to go see what's gonna happen in the Spider Man movie I'm like now it's like everything's off you know like everything's off the table it feels so finalized and like. Well, we closed that book, and I just kind of feel like you haven't given me anything to want to go see something else. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I know the Guardians movie 3 is coming out, and I've like I told you, we've heard about the one character. They have said that, uh, you, you've discussed it, Gary, that Beta Ray Bill is going to show up 
in Guardians 3. They've admitted. Which they, makes sense keeping Thor with them. That, and up with Beta Ray and that's that when Thor left, I kind of went and I looked at Terra and I go, well, that opens up Beta Ray Bill because, like, now Stormbreaker could totally be Beta Ray Bills and the hammer could stay with Thor. And now you get both and everybody's happy, right? Like, cause but apparently Beta Ray Bill's already in the universe because his statue was in Ragnarok. But, I mean, like, he has to exist, right? Yeah. But he doesn't have the power yet. He hasn't been imbued and all that kind okay. of crazy stuff. What I'm saying I, is. Actually, once, I think he did. I think he already has it. You think he already has what? The power of Thor and everything. Oh, you do think he's yeah. already got it? He, that was Beta Ray Bill. The statue was Beta Ray Bill as, okay. as Thor. Right. <laughs> what I'm saying now is now oh. you've got the two weapons and Thor can no, give don't. one up to, to Storm to no, you don't. Beta Ray Bill. Why don't you? Cap Cap took the hammer back in time with him. Did he? Yes. I'm trying to remember if he was standing there with it, was he? Yes. So Thor's only got Stormbreaker. Yes. Because <sighs> they had to, had to put it back. Yeah. Well, they had to. Yeah, that's true. Or that, or that timeline would have gone really off kilter if Thor didn't have a hammer. Yeah, it's true. He would have to drop that back off. Yeah, I guess I didn't think about that. Yeah. That would have to happen. Which is which? When Thor took it, I first thought to myself, "What is he doing? He knows what he's going to do." Them, and then I thought to myself, "Oh, it's just like an Infinity Stone. Right? He yeah. can go. He can go use it as long as he takes it back." I mean, like that's that's that was my other issue with the ending. What about the beginning of the movie? What did you guys think of the scenario with Thanos at the beginning, where like the snaps happen? He's on. Titan B. They surprised the heck out of me with that opening. And he, they come at him and they basically kill him. Yeah. I mean, the first 15, the first 20 minutes of that movie, I, I had no idea what to expect. I'm like, right. they're already they, they're already with Captain Marvel. They're already they're already taken off. They're already going out into space. They're already going to find him. It's like, uh, Iron Man's not with him. What, what's going, you know, they're there. They cut his hand off already. Holy crap, you know? It's like, then he takes the head off, and I went for the head, and then he walks away, and everything gets blurry really slowly. Right. And I, I very specifically noticed that transition. As Thor walked away after killing Thanos, it got blurry super slowly, and then right. faded to black. And then those words came up five years later. Right. And you heard it in, my, in our audience. Someone went, are you effing kidding me or something yeah, like yeah. that? Like, just, they were shocked. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought that threw me for a loop because I didn't expect that. Yeah, I I wasn't either, and I, I just I remember watching that thinking that can't be right. You know, like it just can't. That's too easy. Like you know, like I don't know. All I can think of was every Star Wars movie where something easy happens. You go, okay, can't, hang on a minute. There there's something else behind yeah. that because that was just too easy and that happened way too quickly. And I agree. I, that was like a moment where I was kind of like, wow, okay, we're we're really finalizing that scene right there, and. Yeah. and yeah, I don't know. I, I, I almost think they did it like that to throw people off oh, on yeah. purpose. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like it. Yeah. So, what did you think? I had like first twenty minute segment. Gary, was that? It was one of those oh yes moments. I was kind of glad that Thor did what oh, he yeah. did, right? Taking head off and like you know going for the head and and yeah, I was kind of like yeah, you know like. I was kind of surprised nobody in our theater went yes. You know, everyone like, was in shock. Everybody was in shock a little <laughs> bit, but I, you know, I was waiting for the one person went yeah, like you know, that's how you do it. You know, like, and then yeah, I, I was just kind of like, and then I was sitting there going, "What do you do with the rest of the movie? Like, how do you do that? Like that that seemed crazy, crazy mad." Yeah, somehow. Okay, we can go home now, <laughs> right? Like I was kind of like, "Wow, this is gonna be the shortest movie ever." I thought they said it was gonna be three hours long. What's going on? You uh, know, so. wh- what did you guys think of the funeral scene for Tony Stark? Uh, I liked it. I thought it was a nice touch. I thought it was a nice tribute to Tony. Mm-hmm. I liked the touch of... I, I couldn't figure out who the one guy was that was standing there. A lot there. of people said that. And then you go home and you go online with an instant on Google. You find out it's the kid from Iron yeah. Man 2 and you go... Three. Or three. And you go, oh, 
know. Like, it totally looked like freaking Quicksilver to me. Let's see. Well, the, what's see, his I, name? I had uh, a couple theories about who it was. I can't think of the actor. Name yeah, it looked like him though. I'm like, why is he there? Well, I thought it was either. I thought either it was him. I thought maybe it was Kilgore. Right? Uh, no, the the guy, the whip Whiplash. He was let out of jail again, right? He was then, killed at the end of yeah. Iron Man 2. They well, killed him. But I thought maybe somehow he right, came... Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's Marvel. You never know. Yeah, a stamp brought him back to life. <laughs> right? <laughs> maybe, like, it reversed something. I don't know. I was I was trying to figure out, like, like he had long hair, and that was the yeah. part that was throwing me <laughs> off, and I was kind of like, what? When, when I first saw him, I'm like, why is Edward Cohen in this? <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the funeral. Did you hear that the way they did the funerals, they told all the actors coming that they were, uh, dress up, you're coming for a wedding. No, I didn't hear they that. They told all, to keep it secret, they had told all the actors <laughs> they were filming a wedding. They all showed up, because they, they only filmed them for like a day, a day and a yeah, half or right, something. Yeah, right, something like for that scene. And yeah. they said, you're coming for a wedding, and when they got there, they told them what was really going on. And so they got like a more accurate, all of them had to just be like, Did you what? hear that there was supposed to be a scene in between? That was supposed to star the girl from uh, Thirteen Reasons. Oh Why. yeah, yeah. That and she was supposed to be his daughter that old. was older, and yeah. she was telling him to let go. That it was okay. Was it in the red, the Soul Stone type thing? Or uh, yeah, it? she was supposed to. He was supposed to go into like the Soul Stone area just before he died, and she basically tells him it's okay. You can let go. I I, I forgive you. You can die. Basically, you know. Yeah. And it was funny because they said, well, it didn't test well with test audiences, and I was kind of like, what test audience? Like, what test audience are they using? Because I thought that actually might have helped me buy that scene a little more. You know what I mean? And buy the the anguish behind it. You know what I mean? And the well, fact I thought Pepper daughter, did a pretty good job with that. I thought Where, she did too. But I liked what was her line? You know, it's, we're safe now. We're safe because yeah. his yeah, whole thing has always been. Yeah, we're okay people. now. Yeah, and we're safe. And and I agree. Pepper did it okay, but I I I could see where having his daughter tell him would have been yeah. a a really kind of cool moment and a nice send off. I don't know. Uh, but I, I know what happened to the test audience. They couldn't connect that that character would have been his daughter older, and that was really the issue that people were having in, in the test in the test film. If, if, if they said you know, it's okay, daddy, or something like that, I think they would have right. understood it then. But. Right, I agree with you. Yeah. So I I thought I, I liked that scene. I, I I thought that the way they handled the funeral was good. I thought the way they handled, you know, that's the other thing two people were upset about that they didn't have a funeral for. The Black Widow, and were you guys okay with that? I mean, like, well, who are you going to invite? Is she had right, like, <laughs> well, all of them, the heroes. Yeah, but I mean, like, part of me is like, isn't isn't Tony's funeral also Black Widow's funeral? Like, it, well, is that what Scarlet Witch? Right? I felt like that's what Scarlet Witch was talking about when she said they know right. we succeeded or whatever. Right. She, they they mentioned two, and some people said, "Well, who's she talking about? Is she talking about the Vision? Is she talking about Quicksilver?" And they're like, "No, I." They're talking about. I think she was talking about all of them. Yeah. Like they all know we 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 accomplished our our goal, um, and I I I just thought Scar Scarlett Johansson's character kind of got it, her own moment, even though she didn't per se have a funeral right. specifically to her. But you're right, Gary. That's the weird thing. I don't think be a lot of people understand again when you don't have the character's backstory yet, which right. we have not been given. And, I mean, I know it, but and, then and, she's and, got no family. She's got nothing. She came from nowhere. And we're and we're, ta- and we're talking Marvel. Right. No body, no death. <laughs> I, well, I'm, yeah, I agree with you there. So my question still is, is Gamora alive? Yes. She's she stayed in our new universe. She's been pulled through. So she's you now... You think she's okay? It's the, it, she missed five, five, six years or whatever. Right. She, yeah, she, her and Quill are now boyfriend-girlfriend. Yeah. 
She doesn't right. know them the way. It, that's going to be part of the plot of right. I think the, the next Guardians, Guardians is that they're going to find her and she's not doesn't know them. She might be their enemy. Right. And what about is it possible the Black Widow's still alive? I think so. Yeah. I don't I really, know. really do. And that's where I'm saying, like, without they them, didn't pull her through time though. But without them it. showing how the Soul Stone got back, did bringing the Soul Stone back re? Launch the Black Widow into the universe. Do you get what I'm saying? Like they, the Russos have said that there's no take back on the Soul Stone. A Soul Stone take, even if there's reset, you give it back. Right. The Soul's taken, and there's no there's no givebacks on that. That's what okay. they said. Well, then Gamora shouldn't be able to come back either, though. But they brought her back before she was taken. But you get what I'm saying, right? Like I agree. If they're saying the Soul Stone saying. can't give back, then <laughs> so yet again, it's the timeline thing again. But, like you, like if I said, you make a rule, you got to follow it. Like I said, it's Marvel. No body, right. no death. I agree with you. It's like Star Wars. It's all It's all like well, Star Wars. <laughs> Star, Wars thing. Is, Star Wars is Disney owned, so. Yeah, it's all, yeah. No, I totally get it. Is there any part of like it, this particular movie that was like your ultimate favorite part of the movie? Like, what was your ultimate favorite part of Endgame? Ultimate favorite part? Yeah, like, what was the one part that, like, totally memorable for you and you're like, yeah, I liked that. That was cool. On the left. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, when I heard his voice and he said that line, and then <laughs> we just started getting introduction after introduction after introduction and arrival after arrival after arrival. Yep. I was like, someone worded it, and I, I agreed with them. It was like a George Perez drawn yep. comic come to life. Yep. It was just so many characters. It was odd. Even Howard the Duck was there. Yes, I did hear somewhere <laughs> on there. You're like, if I go back, you'll see Howard the Duck in the scene. Was there any moment for, for you, Gary, that like totally stuck out? I don't think so, really. Here's the one that, now that I know the significance of it, really, I mean, it caught my eye, or caught my ear, I should say, when I was watching it. I love you 3,000 times. That's what his daughter really says to him, Tony, uh, Robert Downey Jr. I love you 3,000. You know what I love you 3,000 really means, right? What? If you add up all the total hours that you would have sat and watched all the our Marvel movies all together, it's 3,000 hours. There's only 22 movies. Each movie is like two and a half, three hours. Or 3,000 minutes, excuse me. So if you multiply it out, <coughs> it's the exact. And somebody somebody put the mathematics online. It was on a meme, and it's it's the exact number of minutes by that moment in the Marvel films that you would have watched a Marvel film. So the know to know the significance of that, and the Russo brothers have come out and said, yes, that's true. But that's they, why they put that in there. I love you three. But 000. they didn't use Common Core math. It doesn't exist. <laughs> true, Gary. But yeah, believe it or not, that's that's. That is three thousand. That's where three thousand came from, and I thought that was a kind of a cool nod to the fans. I love you three thousand because it was three thousand minutes you right. sat and watched the film. I thought that was kind of a cool little like, I love Tony, but I also love you, the fans. Three thousand, which is cool. I, I thought that was just yeah. kind of a nice nod. It grabbed my attention. I don't know why. Well, a lot of it is because my my oldest daughter <laughs> Heather loves the story when we were younger. She used to say, I love you, and I'd say, I love you more. And she'd be like, I love you, I love you more, I love you more. Well, one time, my oldest daughter, because she's a smartass, and she does this stuff to me all the time, I looked at her, and she was only like three, four, I don't remember how old she was, and I said, I love you, and she looked at me, and she goes, I love you two more. Just to kind of, like, beat me to it, and I was kind of like, like, it grabbed my attention, I was like, did she just say what I think she said? And Heather said, yeah, she said what what you think. So she, like, beat me to the punch, and that, that... That, I love you 3,000, was like, I love you two more, and it just kind of grabbed my attention. Yeah. 
Okay, so I think those are our thoughts on Avengers Endgame. Should we I mean, rate it? There's tons we didn't cover. Right, I, I mean, mean there's the, we could go on and on for hours, and I don't want to, you know, yeah. bore everybody, but, like, I think we've gotten the major points, made hit the major points here. Um, do you guys want to rate it? Sure. So on a zero, don't bother, ten must see, what do you guys think? What scale would you put it on? Maybe want to go first? See, when you say it that way, and okay. I've always said this, how important is it versus how much I enjoyed it are two different numbers. All right, so... On a case of a must-see, yeah. it's a 10 because it wraps up so much stuff and it okay. ends so many storylines and it, you know, be, right. it, it's it's the penultimate. In the case of how much I enjoyed it, it's more like seven and a half. Okay. Maybe, maybe an eight, but it's pretty high up, but it definitely was paced different than I expected. And I do think that entertainment-wise... Infinity War was more entertaining. But importance-wise, I think this sucker was a 10. Uh, you know, it's, it's really weird that you said it like that, because I was going to say, too, like, entertainment-wise, it's lower for me. Uh, it entertained me less. I, I want to say it's like a 6 entertainment-wise for me. Uh, it missed some points, major points for me. On the I-gotta-go-see-it thing, yeah, I agree with you. It's a 10. Because after you see Infinity War, you have to wrap it up. You can't just leave it at the end of Infinity War and be like, well, well, the snap happened. No, no, no. You got to see the ending of it. Um, I just wish it was a little more dramatic or something. There was a broader shift in everything than what Infinity War saw. That, I guess that's my big thing. Gary, what would you rate it? I give it a six. Okay. Overall, you're talking about? Yep. Okay. And like like you guys said, ten for a must-see. So right. So it's the end of the, this. But the entertainment yeah. it was a six for you. Yep. It's going to okay. lead. It's It's important to see because it is going to tie into so much that comes in the future. But I, Infinity War was, was the more entertaining of the two. Hey, I'll give you that. Absolutely. Okay, so with all that well, said... But before we go, go ahead, on, uh, what do you want to see in the next... Avengers film? Next phase. Next phase? Yeah. I mean, I know they have tentative uh, ideas of what they want to put out. Well, I really want to see the multiverse take off. I, I want to see them explore everything. Other realms, uh, we've stayed away from magic quite a bit, right? Like, because Doctor Strange is the only kind of magic we've seen. I'd love to see them explore more of that kind of the side of Marvel. I would love to see them explore parts of the Spider-Verse. And I know you're not a Spider-Man fan, but you can't have the multiverse without the Spider-Verse in that somewhere. You know what I mean? I wouldn't mind them exploring that a little bit. To me... Space has got to be a huge part of the next. I mean, and it would all tie in. Like, if you explore space, then the Fantastic Four happens. If you explore space, then you start getting into things like Beta Ray Bill and some of these other characters that we know should be in the Marvel Universe but aren't. If you explore space, you can start explaining weird characters like MODOK. You know what I mean? Like, you can really well, start getting apparently into Apparently, they're stuff. doing a MODOK Are they thing. Really? It's, I think it's animated on Disney. Okay. And Patton Oswald is doing the voice of Modoc. Really? Yes. I and the funny thing is, he off, says though. he keeps saying. I saw an interview with him, and he says, I, "I, I, keep trying to do a voice," and they're like, "No, just do yourself." Right. And he goes, "I don't want my voice to be what that looks like should sound like. <laughs> I don't want that. I want to do a voice." <laughs> I have to admit, I wouldn't want to be tied to that. The That's look what, of that character. Every time they say to him, "No, your regular voice is fine," he's like, "It shouldn't no, be." No. 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 <laughs> So I kind of like that idea. I, I, I'm looking forward to more scrolls. I'm looking forward mm. to more, uh, you know, all of that stuff. The scroll Cree. Uh, Cree, thank you. Yeah. The scroll and Crees, you know, I want to see more of that. I just want to see that 
galactic thing. I mean, I like the idea of the Eternals. I like the idea of getting into more of the Guardians. And, right. Um, yeah, why not? Well, the Eternals or, is something that they already had. Right, they're, right. In the works or right. planned in any way. But well, that, that's to me, would be what I would want to see. What about you, Eric? I feel like, and I've said this before, I think what I want to see most is what I predict to be at the end of Spider-Man Homecoming, which is they've, they've teased the selling of the Avengers Tower in the first Spider-Man. Mm. They are clearly showing it being constructed, as we saw in the stills of the second one. Right. I feel like the teaser I want, that, that will, it's all I need to see for now to have hope for the future movies, is the Spider-Man Homecoming ends with shots of the construction going on panning up the building, hearing noise, people welding, you get to the top, someone goes, okay, let's bring it down, it's the Avengers A, and it's hooked, and they pull it, and as it's being moved, there's the a four There's really, a four behind yeah, it. Yeah. And that comes down, cut, and I'm just like, I'm ready. <laughs> right. What about you, Gary? Well, the banging at the end of uh, Endgame. Yeah. Everybody thinks it's Tony Stark making his armor. Yeah. But it's the Baxter building instead. You think it's Baxter on it right. instead of the four. Right, right. A ba- a Baxter's probably what they'll say instead no. of Forks. They're not the Fantastic yeah, Four yet. Right. We probably still need another. I, I'd like to see that. I want to see the Shi'ar Empire. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. And that would that'd t- tie in with your space stuff and all that. And, and it would be a good way that. to get into the X-Men because yes. you could use the Shi'ar to pull the X-Men into right. the universe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, everyone I think want. I wanted, even though it would now that I've seen the movie, thematically it wouldn't have fit. I wanted a brief moment where reality was being messed with, and they threw a Hugh Jackman Wolverine in. Right, yeah. Just because reality was flipping and yeah. things happened. I'll tell you why I think they I wanted, away from the whole X-Men thing. And yeah. I, I think I figured it out. This Dark Phoenix movie is still coming out. Yeah. And I think they really just want to let that... Play out. Play out and wrap up. Because it is, from my understanding, the whole movie is a complete wrap up. And I think they want to let that the, that dog lie for like a couple years. Yeah. I mean, seriously, like they. I don't think they want to because I don't think they want to accidentally tie anything into that at all. Because that whole series has been so up and down. You know, parts of it people love, and parts of it people hate. And they don't want to be associated with that at all. I think Disney's just trying to like they don't want to be the Brian Singer one associated with them. I don't think they want the current one associated with them. <laughs> so they're just kind of like, let that dog die die and lie for, right. you know, a couple years. And we'll have an exciting recasting when we get some right. cool people to play. Right, and, and I, I think you're going to see that with, with that and Daredevil and Iron Fist and, and all of that. I think that's why they're doing what they're doing. Let some of these things just kind of die out. Let people forget for a while that those things were out there to bring them back and in a people, more dramatic And people forget way. pretty quickly nowadays. There's they such do. a fast turnover for things. Yeah. I think within two years of yeah, nothing about any of those yep. things, and people are reset to, to yep. get something new. Well, once they bring the X-Men into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I want to see an Exiles oh, movie. Yeah. Okay. And a What If series. Well, they're doing What If. They're already doing that as a yeah, series. It's a TV series. That's, as, that's yeah, on Disney+. I Plus. Don't want to see, I Disney want to see Plus. that on the, on the, on the big <laughs> screen. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Okay, so those were our thoughts on all sorts of topics, including Peter Mayhew's passing, the Vanity Fair issue uh, about Star Wars, and of course, uh, Avengers Endgame. So we're going to be back in just a little bit. We're going to talk about the latest episode of Star Wars Resistance. We'll be right back after we navigate through this promotional tunnel. The new Amazon Echo has everyone asking Alexa for help. Alyssa, what time is it? What the hell is wrong with this blasted thing? Amanda! 
But the latest technology isn't always easy to use for people of a certain age. These kids done bought me a busted machine again. That's why Amazon partnered with AARP to present the new Amazon Echo Silver, the only smart speaker device designed specifically to be used by the greatest generation. It's super loud and responds to any name even remotely close to Alexa, so they can find out the weather. Allegra, what is the weather outside? It is 74 degrees and sunny. Huh? It is 74 degrees and sunny. Where? Outside. What about it? The temperature outside is 74 degrees and sunny. I don't know about that. The latest in sports. Clarissa, how many did old Satchel strike out last night? Satchel Page died in 1982. How many he get? Satchel Page is dead. He what now? Died. Who did? Satchel Page. Oh. I don't know about that. Even local news and pop culture. Manita, what them boys up to across the street? They are just playing. They what now? They are just playing. You say they just playing now? Yes, they are just playing. I don't know about that. Pair it to smart devices like your thermostat. Alessandra, turn the heat up. The room is already 100 degrees. Are you trying to kill me, Alize? The new Amazon Echo Silver plays all the music they loved when they were young. Angela, play black jazz. Playing, uh, jazz. It also has a quick scan feature to help them find things. Emilia, where did I put the phone? The phone is in your right hand. And it has an uh-huh feature for long rambling stories. So then I gave him five dollars, and he said I only gave him one dollar. Uh-huh. I said, I know I gave you a five. Uh-huh. Because I only had a five and a one only. Uh-huh. And this is the one dollar right here. Uh-huh. So, I mean, you tell me who's crazy. Amazon Echo Silver. Get yours today. I said get yours today. To order Amazon Echo Silver, send a check or money order to Amazon.com right now. your dreams. We're not a soulless monolithic institution. We are, but we use nostalgic imagery. It's walking into your dream home. You can't really afford it. We'll lend you the money anyway. It's kids graduating from college. With pointless degrees riddled with debt. It's happy picnics on the beach. There's sewage in the water. Family portraits with everyone dressed the same. You look like twats. Canoeing in the lake. By the power station. Catching fireflies in a jar. And watching them die. Cheering at high school football games. The kids are giving each other brain damage. These are the things our lives are made of. Interest rates only 33.4%. Long Bank. We're the American bank that truly more or less cares. About profits. Star Wars Return of the Jedi is here. Rocket Kenner brings you 65 incredible Star Wars action figures, each sold separately. And now, Kenner reveals yet another. From the dark side of the Force, the Supreme Master, the Emperor, and he's yours free. Just by sending five groups of purchase from any Star Wars action figures to Return of the Jedi, Box 596, Young America, Minnesota. But hurry, this offer will end.
Do you own a business or a podcast? Are you looking for ways to expand the audience you reach? Then Star Productions could help you. Southern Tier Audio Recording Productions started off as a homegrown audio recording company, offering professional recordings for aspiring musicians. It is now a multifunctional business offering DJ services, recording, and advertising services to those who own businesses and podcasts. Email us at galaxycast at gmail.com with the subject advertising if you are interested. We look forward to creating a professional commercial for you that can be used in this podcast or even at your local radio station. Many have exclaimed that our services are out of this world. Thank you for your patience as we navigated through the promotional tunnel. And now we return to the Galaxy Cast. Hi, folks. Welcome back to this episode of the Galaxy Cast as we talk about Star Wars Resistance Season 1, Episode 11, titled Bebo. Or as Gary likes to call it, we don't care Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I love the, uh, in, in my show notes here, you'll see it, The they, they pretty much wrap up the episode. Niku adopts a strange sea creature and gets way more than he bargained for when it brings chaos to the platform. The end. We're good. Thank you. Have a good night. <laughs> so, again, we talked about this. It's It parallels so many other stories. It's not even funny. And we even predicted the ending, like... What, within the first five minutes of the show? Oh, yeah, we I, knew I, it. We were pretty much yeah. sure what was going to happen before we even got to the big reveal. It was almost, like, too predictable. It was so, very predictable. Hey, it, Megatron was in this one. <laughs> yeah, he was. Look at that. So, at the very beginning of the movie, Niku finds this they, thing. They pulled up wreckage or something, right. didn't they? Yeah, they pulled out wreckage, old wreckage. And there's things in the wreckage, and he names it Bebo, and he calls him his smallest friend, and starts kissing it. Ew! <laughs> I was, I was, you know, surprised at how quick he was to kiss a a creature that looks like that. <laughs> well, look at Niku. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe they both. He's, he's he's got fingers grabbing his helmet right, for this a face. True. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's it just kind of weird. He's a just, living face hugger. <laughs> it's just kind of weird that he was like kissing it that early. I was like, ew. Okay. So he, he wants this creature, obviously, as a pet. He thinks it's the cutest thing since sliced bread. And and we all were kind of like, okay, so something's going to happen with this creature. And it's funny because there's kind of a little mini fight about the creature and whether it's even helping it or hindering. And it stinks. and it Everyone wants him to get rid of it. Right, everybody wants him to get rid of it. <laughs> so Kaz is going to go out, and they're, they're, what, collecting things for wreckage, right, just to bring back to the platform to sell uh, him and his pirate girl. And who he doesn't know is a pirate. Who he doesn't even know is a pirate at, the, at that point. And so they decide they're they're going to bring stuff back to sell. Now, there and is a little setup of intrigue. The tiniest bit that ties into previous episodes before it becomes completely about something else is she's talking to her Right, I was leader. about to get into that. Yeah. And Kragen Gore. Kragen. Yeah. And he says that there are members of the Resistance on the platform. I can't. I never figured out how did he know. Well, I think that was in that one episode where the fight happened and they figured out that somebody from the Resistance had to know they were coming. Remember, there was a little okay, discussion yeah. about that? So I think that's where that came in. And so he tells Sonara, there's got to be somebody from the Resistance in there. 
she thinks it might be Kaz. Right. So she's kind of like, while they're out on this platform, trying to like dig for information from Kaz to see if he'll just give it up. And ironically, she he almost just gives yeah. it up. And, and uh, you know, if it hadn't been for the creature, he might have talked too much, which yeah. is weird. But that goes back to what you've talked about a lot, too, where he's like a spy, but he's like the worst spy yeah. ever. He's such a... He's a very unlikable character because he constantly is doing extremely telegraphed facial expressions yeah. and voice inflections where it's like way too, you know, obvious what he's thinking. You know, me? Oh, I'm not hiding anything. Why would you think that? <laughs> it's like way overdone. You it's did like, that really well, yeah, actually. That's the problem. <laughs> it's like, it's too, it's too much. I think we so, should hire you for Star Wars Resistance, yeah. They got to make him more, he's not subtle enough, you know. He doesn't I, get, I get rid of he, you. He just There's don't, no they, subtext to anything no, he's saying. He's overplayed. It's all overplayed, yeah. Do you think that's the directing, though, or do you think that's the actor? I'm That's sure. the part I'm still trying to decide. I think either. he's written that way. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's the writing. It's the but... writing. Okay, I, I could I could agree with that. So they see this big huge creature go underneath their platform and it's heading towards their big platform, and of course they're panicked now because they know this creature seems to be gigantic, gigantic, and wants to attack the platform. So they race back to try to beat it. Um, they try to create chaos on the platform. They try to sound alarms and all sorts of crazy stuff. And these, I guess, they were security droids. I don't even know what they were. Yeah. Stop them from doing it, and then of course the creature attacks anyway. Yes. Right, but then uh, the green guy loses the Bibo. Yeah, Niku loses Bibo. So they run after run after him and all that. And they go go down in the engineering aspect of the place. Back with those turtle creatures, yep. and that's where we find <laughs> Kel and I forget the name of the the daughter, the, the sister, or something. yeah, his sister. And it was kind of interesting because you know they don't say where the power comes from but the sister says it's clearly force she sees the future right yeah, yeah. and I, i'm sitting there thinking that's got to be a force kid right yeah, like yeah. like they're they're almost hinting that maybe these two are force users I, just the girl i don't think the, the boy is well I, that I, we know of yet i'm wondering like why would you have the boy there unless there's something we don't know yet right. that maybe we're going to get into later good brother and sister and uh, right. the one's got the force and the other one doesn't that's maybe I'm, I'm thinking maybe they both do and he just eh. doesn't know what his powers are yet but. it's a reverse Luke and Leia yeah she, right almost, you know yeah. she's the more powerful one that's and true. he doesn't yeah. know what power he's got right that's what I'm thinking yeah so, so when he gets old and about 60 years old he can do his Mary Poppins yes yeah. he can float <laughs> into space he'll, yes. do, he'll do a Dick Van Dyke through space <laughs> yeah <laughs> Hop through some painting or something. <laughs> Chim Chimney. I was just sitting here thinking he'll be Chim Chimney, Chim Chimney, Chim Chim the Force. I, I saw I saw a thing where British actors reviewed Americans doing English accents. Yeah. And they asked him who did the best, and they asked who did the worst. They all universally went. Dick Van Dyke and Mary Poppins was the worst. Really? He was. They said it was so over. It was embarrassingly overdone and just well, it was so over the top. top. It was. Supposed and they're like, to be, it was a horrible. Yeah. Oh, well, it was very Cockney esque <laughs> and very bad in that regard. Yeah. So anyway, the the station goes on alert because now they're getting attacked. Yes, and they launch what would they call it? Their squadron A or whatever their Alpha yeah. Squadron. I don't the racers. The racers, which it was kind of cool to finally yeah. see the racers, all of them involved in something. Well, in they any they, way. Did, they, they did they did that, that one episode fight, and they just went right? away. And it, yeah, and we didn't see what they did. Right, like we didn't actually watch the <laughs> yeah. fight. Now we actually got to watch them fight, which was kind of cool. Did you also catch the little bit of foreshadowing they threw in when she fixed the the doors to the the pirate girl there, uh, Nazine? Yeah, Sonara. Nazine. Yeah, <laughs> Sonara. Oh, Sonara San. Sonara San. Yeah. Oh, the person's name is yeah. Sonara. <laughs> Sonara San. Uh, he said, "This is the pirate alarm." 
And she's oh, like, good yeah. to know. And then he left and she repaired it. But I wonder if she's left something in so that if it gets attacked oh, so in the they, future, right, they, the doors will drop. Right, the doors will drop. So I'm thinking that's going to tie in late. That little <laughs> oh, moment. Oh, I didn't I think catch that. Kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe that was a little kind of like nugget of something that's going to happen later. Nugget. So, <laughs> nugget. Uh, <laughs> so the battle happens. And, of course, Hype Phazon seems to be the guy leading the yeah. charge, you know, which we knew was going to kind of be the case. And, you know, we had some cool... <laughs> Fight scenes in there a little bit. Considering that's the only one we know anything about. Right? Well, we know a little bit about Griff, and the rest of them we kind of know, but not really, because we've had maybe one episode introduction of any of them. Um, I thought it was interesting, like, I knew they all had guns on their ships, but apparently they all have missiles on their ships, and they get told by uh, Captain Doza not to use the missiles, because it's too close to the platform. And then it was funny, by the time the thing's ripping the platform apart, he's like, yeah, yeah, move, use missiles. We don't care at this point. It doesn't matter. <laughs> just uh, stop the thing. Right, just stop it at any... on any. And and we're practically screaming at the TV at this point. Like, we knew exactly what was going on. Yeah. We knew Bebo was the creature's pet or uh, kid. Yeah. And, and that's all the creature wanted. They tried uh, to throw you off by constantly saying, it's its food source. It's come right. to eat it. It's come and, to eat it. You know, that way Niku was protecting it even more so. I don't right. want it to be eaten. So Niku ends <laughs> okay, up... Okay, Here, here here's this, like, 50-foot monster that's yeah. going to eat this little... Uh, well, that's what I was thinking. If it's eating him, it's like a snack, <laughs> yeah. maybe, right? Like, that's something I get t- stuck in my teeth if I'm the size of that creature, <laughs> it's like a poppy right? seed. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like, a Reese's Peace or something. Like a you know? Tic Tac, you know? Like, <laughs> actually, the creature gives, you know, the bigger creature, that's what gives him better breath, is uh. the <laughs> stinky-smelling version of ah, him. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so it's going after the Tic Tac, and <laughs> so they decide to to bring the baby out to its mother, and, of course, Niku brings it out, and he's practically crying. We're supposed to have the soulful moment, and then the creature goes away with Mom. What I thought was really weird is Mom puts the creature, the son or daughter, we're not sure which, in the palm of, in the palm of her hand, and dives underwater, and that's it. That's all we see. I mean, it probably sticks to her. I, I would hope, but, like... Yeah. It's like a barnacle. Can it breathe underwater? Because it didn't... I don't know. That's where they found it when they pulled up the wreckage. It was oh, in a piece, true. It was so in with a piece yeah. of the water. So I'm sure it's I'm fine. I'm hoping it's okay, but... But, but uh, I like that, though. Like, it raised the one tentacle up, and like, it goes slap him. Yeah, yeah, and then it kind of offered... Yeah, it came down, and then it's, and, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought I that, thought that the, cool. the scale of the monster was really cool. That was pretty impressive, When it came, When it rose up... Yeah, you you talked about the Zelo Beast. I think in the long run, it actually might be bigger than a Zelo Beast at, at the size and scale of that creature that we saw. No. Uh, pretty close, you know, maybe same size as Zelo Beast. It was pretty big. Now I want to see a future episode where this thing encounters a Zelo Beast. That, <laughs> no, I that feel would be like interesting. I feel like this will be a future episode where it's going to come to the rescue. Yeah, because right, Niku. because Niku saved the creature. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like we're yeah. almost predicting that at some point. And then we need the space whales to come. <laughs> Here I come to save the day. <laughs> Light speed space whale with the two droids on her back. Yeah, <laughs> the, 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 the one from hyperspace. Right from hyperspace. That's yeah. gonna yeah. be the name of my band. Hyperspace. Light speed. Ha- Light speed space whales. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be the name of my band. Droids in space. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I'm not going to have a band. That's pretty much the whole story. I yeah. mean, like other than that, you know, and that's where like I kind of agree with Gary. I'm kind of like, what was the point? Like, I, I still am trying to figure out from the grander scheme of Star Wars where this story even fit in. Mm. I, I can't, for the life of me, figure out like other than like that nugget you brought up, Eric, that I <laughs> didn't even catch on to. <laughs> you're just stuck on that word, aren't you? <laughs> that I didn't even catch on to what like that me. 
maybe the most significant thing of the whole episode that took place. Possible that in the the opening of the the back and forth with the trying to get the information and maybe part of the yeah, but that could have been done in any other way. episode in any yeah. other way, you know. So it's just kind of like yet again we're kind of like sitting here perplexed because everybody keeps saying the show gets better and better as, the, as it goes on, and we're all sitting here going, "Really? <laughs> like, are we watching the same show?" Like. I, you know, I, I love you, Death Gary, but he's like fighting me every week. Going, do we have to watch Resistance? <laughs> and I'm kind of like, yes, we're gonna keep going. I, I want to finish it. You know, we're only ten minutes, ten like ten episodes, eight episodes out from the end. Oh, like, we're only doing one season then. Good. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> if the Mandalorian's awesome, and we don't have time for this show. Sorry, the Mandalorian's getting all <laughs> yeah, of our attention. Yeah. And uh, I'm excited about some of the other shows that are come up on the Disney Plus app. So I, you know, we may be going Disney Plus crazy soon. Yeah. Might have to start calling ourselves a Disney Plus podcast or something. I don't know, but I mean, like, I get it. I'm having the same problems you are. I'm I'm looking at these episodes, going, "What's the point? Like, where where are we going with any of this? We don't seem to be moving anywhere. There's no forward right. story thought. There's no progress towards anything." Well, we talked about it right after we watched the episode, where we basically said this seems to be the writer's idea of character development. Right. Yeah. It's we're introducing you to Niku and showing him being caring. We introduce you to the pirate and the secrecies but the problem is they're telling it in stories that don't seem to tie back into the major story they could be doing both at the same time and we'd care more but because each of these are like throwaway stories and again maybe they're not like we said maybe the creature comes back later right but so much of this story seemed to not tie into all the other things that they could be talking about that are interesting it doesn't feel like character development. It just feels kind of boring. I, I, I say it's a whole bunch of false advertising because when they first were showing this thing, it's about racing. Yeah. You know, and, and then we're getting... Like, I gotta admit, if I was watching this for the racing aspect, I'd be really oh. disappointed. I mean, they got him not. But, I mean, you could be and be like, where's the racing? Like, Well, that's what I'm saying. Is it's When when they were talking about it, it was about these right, pilots. These racers. You yeah. know, become the next resistance pilots. And, and we stuff, thought we'd you know? get to meet all these racers. Yeah, and we haven't met A dang squat. one of them, really, quite honestly, yeah. <laughs> I, I Yeah, and I get it. I, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I, I, I'm still perplexed what we're, where we're going with this. What are we doing? I'd like to think it's like a Stephen King book with a long setup. <laughs> And then the and payoff really starts happening, at the end. and we're like, oh, okay, all these characters, now that we, I mean, we don't really know them, but now that we've spent time with them, at least they start doing cool things, and then we like them more. Maybe. I hope. Uh, Rebels was that way. I was about to say, yeah, if you remember, there. towards the end of Rebels, we did feel a little better about it. I mean, I still don't think we felt a total connection with it, but by the end, when Kanan died and all these other things happened, we were kind of like, okay, <laughs> yes, someone, <laughs> some <laughs> him, something yay! happened. Yeah, like we were kind of <laughs> like that, realistically. All right, so let's rate this episode because we rate every episode. Zero is a don't bother, tens a must see. I'll go first. Go ahead, Gary. What was Zero. Your... <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> a big goose egg. Zero. Really did, I'm taking it because it just didn't matter, right? In yeah, the longer scheme it, of things. What does it do, have to do with Star Wars? Did it feel Star Wars esque at all? Like no. that's. I guess that's one of my problems here. Yeah, there's very little. It didn't little. feel very Star Wars esque at all. Was BB-8 even in this episode? It was for a very short, brief time. Okay, very brief. That's that's the closest you came to anything that felt Star Warsy. I'll just because you know the character. How about you, Eric? What would you rate this one? I'm like at a two. Yeah. You know, it's like it. It wasn't super entertaining because it was predictable. Yeah. I said this off air, but I'll say it now on air. It's basically the movie Gorgo. Right. If you've ever seen the old monster movie Gorgo, which was a, a British version of kind of Godzilla. Because it, it attacks like the tower a lot, or uh, Big Ben and stuff. It was a story about they catch this monster. They think it's a huge monster. And it's rampaging. And they they catch it, and then a bigger one comes out of the ocean. And they realize it's its mom. 
coming to get it back, and they let it go, and the things leave peacefully. Boy, sounds a lot like the episode we just watched. Right. And then, because there's no Star Wars in it, there's barely mention of the Resistance or of the first, there was no mention of the First Order Not pretty at all. much. Right. The tiny bit with the pirates, like a few seconds. It was an inquan- inconsequential episode. There's literally about 15 seconds worth of stuff in there that might tie into future episodes. That's funny, Eric. That's what I was going to rate. I was going to rate it a two as well. And that's because there's two good things in the entire episode. The one good thing in the episode was the point that you made that I didn't even catch about the future pirate thing. And then, to me, the only other good moment was the fact that the pirate captain let her know they're aware that somebody from the Resistance yeah. is on there. That's the only two good parts of the whole episode. That's the, that's the, the rest 15 of it seconds. Could have been, right, it could have been done in any other episode at any other time. That, that little nugget. <laughs> the nugget, as ah. Gary likes to call it. <laughs> okay. I really do hope stuff starts happening in this show soon. Soon, right? Because like, I'm going crazy at this point. I'm like, where are we going? And I this? do remember a lot of people I followed online back when this was current episodes. Because right. we're way behind. If we are way behind, guessed. yeah. When they were watching what I assumed to be was about this time frame, they were all bored. They were all saying, God, something happened because yeah, we're ready to leave. More, yeah. So I feel like maybe something will start happening in about two to three episodes. I, I heard two episodes from now it's supposed to get a lot more exciting <laughs> from that point to okay. the end. I'll, that's what I'm hearing. Let's hope. Of course, my expectations are so low at this point, I don't know. So we can always hope. Oh, that's space whales. We need a new hope. Do you hear that? We need a new hope. We, we need space whales. <laughs> space whales. Okay. Jedi killer Dillion drops on the platform and starts you know slaughtering everybody. Hang That'd on. be awesome. Hang on. Wait, here's what we need. We need Peter Dinklage to wear pants with space whales. Yes. So you can go, space whales. Space whales. Yep. Space shorts. <laughs> okay. Look at my space whales. <laughs> you, up front. You're being pretty rude. <laughs> I love that whole thing. Okay, so those are our thoughts on Star Wars Resistance. We'd love to hear from you. I'm sure we will. Uh, email us at galaxycast.com. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter. And find us on YouTube. And as we always like to say here in the Star Production Studios, may the Force be with those who listen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed this show. Were it not for you, our loyal listeners, this show would not exist. We appreciate your time and want to hear from all of you, since our podcast is by fans and for fans. Head on over to our website at galaxycast.com to find out more about our show. Write to the show by sending an email to galaxycast at gmail.com. If you have something positive to say, use the subject line, We like and use a show. If you have a complaint, make your subject line, You've failed me for the last time. And look for the Galaxy Cast on social media, including Facebook, Twitter, and other media soon to come. Carry on, wayward travelers. Warp Factor 2. First star to the left, straight on till morning.